Paul, Abby, let me see the mic. Hey, Abby. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I beat your ass. Look at his face. It looked like I beat him with they beat my um, Martin Luther King with, man. You know what? I'm gonna be honest. I'm an honest man. We went at it for 12 rounds. That's what we go at it. That's gay. We can do it again. We go at it. It's gay. I beat your ass. We can do it again. I beat your ass like you stole something. I beat your ass like you got suspended from school. I beat your tomorrow. ass like you stole my bike. We can go and get tomorrow if you want. Huh? You, you heard me. You bruised up. I'm ready to fight right now, fool. Come on, man. You need peroxide. You need peroxide. You need peroxide. Living every day to define man's mission yeah. Looking to the sky for divine transmission yeah. Deaf man's vision makes the blind man listen yeah. Eyes on the prize, this is blind ambition Thank you Blind ambition Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast We are on episode number 83 I'm once again joined with my co-host, the Antakul What's going on, man? Uh, what's good, man? Uh, so, what I want you to do for this episode, is instead of having you know the traditional record cut, welcome to the Dojo Talk podcast. Please take off your shoes before entering. I, I just need the post-fight interview with Broner and Jesse Vargas. <laughs> I heard about it, but I did not. I didn't watch it, but I heard it was some some pretty. <laughs> where Broner interrupts Vargas's interview, <laughs> the scream look at his face. <laughs> I won the fight. <laughs> that guy, man, that guy is—he is. Yeah. We'll, we'll get. We'll, He—he's a character. He, his life is gonna fall apart. <laughs> and he—he he won't even recognize it. That's the sad part. Oh man. Well, we'll, we'll get to him in a little bit. Well, I don't have much to say about that fight because I, I didn't watch it. But you know. But anyway. Okay. Uh, just, no, just side note. I'm I'm a really shitty note taker because it's always like uh, whenever I see anything that is mildly mildly interesting, I'll make a note of it, and I I have to kind of remember what the like what because uh, um I have to kind of remember what the rest of it's about. So I have one note here, and it just says all these niggas in jail and R Kelly. Dot, 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 dot. <laughs> Hold on, what is that a note from? <laughs> if I remember right, it's because of the Vince Staples, Vince Staples interview. Coachella. <laughs> <laughs> got that. Uh, poor girl. What? Hold on, no. I, 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 not, not, not to put her on blast, because she probably was caught off guard. But, like, I almost felt like she was trying to cape for R. Kelly. Like... I know it wasn't just me. Like, it, it felt like the more he was digging it, at him, the more she was like, well, like, I don't know. It it was weird. It was weird. I, I don't know if she was caping for R. Kelly or she legitimately felt like she was going to lose her job. Yeah, yeah, I guess that part was. Which, I, 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 you can't blame her. You can't, you really can't blame her, like, for, like, being afraid. It's R. Kelly, man. Who, who's not... Who's not blasting R. Kelly? But it's Coachella. That is true. true. These Coachella people don't want anything, like, challenging or difficult. I mean, what's R. Kelly going to do? He just lost his publicist and, like, three other people. He has nobody. uh, Well, he has somebody because 
for God's sakes, how is this man not in jail yet? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's pulling some kind of strings somewhere. And then Vince was like, R. Kelly's people are looking for him. <laughs> I want to know who are R. Kelly's people. That's, like, what I would, that's the entourage I want to know. Uh, did you read the article where, like, he's at, like, he, at his mansion in Atlanta... Um, or is, was it in, like, suburban Chicago? Like, he just has, like, this big, bulky dude who sits in, like, a, a gigantic, like, SUV at his gate. <laughs> like, ready at a, a moment's notice to transport women to and from his home. Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, R. Kelly's a bad person. No, there's no question. And not, not to sidetrack, because I, I had this moment the other day. So, do you know, um... Sabrina Claudio? Uh, yes. Alright, so you know about that whole incident, right? Uh, ignited vaguely. Alright, so, for, for people who don't know, and this is completely not MMA related at all. <laughs> so, Sabrina Claudio, R&B singer. Awesome R&B singer. Really put out one of my favorite albums last year. So people do some, you know, you know how the internet does. They do their Twitter digging. So they find out that, like, I don't know. I don't know how long it was ago. I want to say like four or five years ago. She had an account um, where she it, it seemed like she went out of her way to just like bash like black women and like it was really some really mean stuff going on. Like it, it was pretty terrible. So you know, obviously the internet finds out. People are heartbroken because everybody loves her music. Um, she issues an apology. Her first apology was kind of eh, you know. It was, Second one was a little better, kind of, sort of. But I, I say all that to say this. So, like, where do you draw the line between, like, if, if somebody you like does something really terrible, do you just, like, stop listening to them? Or can you separate, like, the music from the person? Because I'm not going to lie. I have Sabrina Claudio is still on my playlist, but I can't bring myself to press play <laughs> when I hover over her album. I but mean, like, uh, like that's the, like that's the question. Like now we know what everybody thinks at any moment in their entire life. Like the real quality is like what twenty one. Yeah, and see, and 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 this is not to defend her in any way because she uh, is. Yeah, she is only like twenty something. When those yeah. tweets were from when she was about fourteen. Right. But then I think about it. I I feel like racism is one of those things that it kind of doesn't. You don't just, yeah, you don't just, like, erase that. Like, I'm not saying you can't, but I don't think in four years that's something that just kind of just, you know, just goes away. What's the Havana girl's name? Um, don't get me lying. Uh, uh, Camilla? Camilla Cabello? Something like that. I'll go with that. Uh, I want to say like, uh, God, I can't remember exactly. You know what I think it was? Um, she ran like a One Direction fan account or something like that on Twitter for like the longest time. And, like, people who, like, were in contact with her in that time found, uh, like, just posted messages from, like, when, like her DMs from that account. And it's just, like, her calling 
all these people like the N word. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. See. See. Yeah. See, and it's like you, you, you almost bury yourself too deep with that. And then with in the case of R. Kelly, because it's funny, like when the Vince Staples thing happened, every now and again an R. Kelly song will pop in my head because as much as he's a terrible person, the man has had some hits. But I feel so guilty when I get the urge to like search one of his songs and listen to it. Like I feel like I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> like yeah, and like. And that's all walks of life. Like people, it's really weird and hard to consume something, knowing like there's probably a bunch of negative shit behind it. Right. Like I'm sitting here, I have an iPhone in front of me, man. Right. Like <laughs> I, 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 I was in China. I've seen the people who got hurt working on these things in the street. And like their feet are like their legs are were reattached like backwards, so they have to crawl on the ground to like move around, Oof. and they're missing like limbs and stuff. Oof. Yeah, so yeah, such is life. Yeah, but if R. Kelly has taught me anything, is if you want to get away with a crime, you have to, the victim has to be a black woman. Yep. If any of these chicks were white, he would be like, it would, put, it, it would have been the chair a long time ago. Yeah, we, we would have been got him out of here. But oh. other than that, the most anticipated album announced this week dropped. Oh, boy. Dell oh. the Funky Homo Sapien <laughs> came through with the album after like four, five, six, seven years out. I have not. Listen, I saw you post. I haven't listened to it yet. I've, I've, there's been. T- I'm really angry at all the music that's coming out. And I realize we haven't talked about fights in like ten minutes. But I don't care. I, I need to vent. There's, there's so many. I'm falling behind on album reviews because there's, there's so much music coming out. And every time I see a new release, I get angry. I like, I get happy for a second, and, and then I get angry. Pop up. Because I like, I, I can't, I can't keep up with all of this. But Jesus Christ. I will be reviewing J. Cole's album, though. That's, that's going to be a thing. That'll happen. I've listened to it too many times already to not talk about it. Um, but, <laughs> I guess moving on. Um, as always, the show can be listened to on SoundCloud, uh, YouTube, iTunes. If you're on iTunes, please rate and subscribe. Also, we can be found on Google Play. You can hit us up on Facebook at the Dojo Talk Facebook podcast page. And you can follow me on Twitter at Serial Sensei. And quick shout-outs to the top five cities. Uh, who have listened for the past seven days. So uh, coming in at number one, Dallas, Texas. Uh, number two, San Francisco, California. Number three, Santa Clara, California. Uh, number four, I think I butchered this last week, Monticello, New York. Yes. And uh, number five, Poop, Pub Nico, Canada. Pub Nico, something like that. Shout out to the people in Canada. Um, so those are the... Uh, top five cities that have been listening so we appreciate you guys um so yeah we'll we'll just keep it moving uh we got a lot to talk about i didn't realize there was so much news uh that has happened during like these past couple weeks so we're gonna try to machine gun through some of these but some of them we might have to stop and talk about just a little bit um so i guess just stricken yeah sticking strictly with flight announcements 
uh, at least in the UFC world. So we got uh, Francis Ngannou versus Derek Lewis. That will finally be a thing after a lot of trash talk. So that's going down at UFC 226. Uh, Max Holloway, Brian Ortega also going down at UFC 226. Um, at UFC 225, we got Guida versus Bobby Green. And UFC Boise uh, has three fights lined up. Katz Ngannou versus Marion Renault. Liz Carmouche versus Jennifer Maya, and Justin Scoggins versus Saeed Nurmagomedov, who is the he's cousin, right? Uh, cousin, yeah. Yeah, cousin of um Habib. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, Ponzi scheme. <laughs> uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio is out of the fight. Uh, with Kamaru Usman, there's as of late as as of I heard, there are not any replacements. Um. Usman came out and said he would only fight somebody who was ranked, which basically means he's not fighting on that card, which means that card might actually be canceled because the co-main event is Veronica Macedo versus... I can't even remember who. Yeah. It's like, if they if they can't find a replacement for Usman, like, that would legitimately be the worst card the UFC has ever put on. <laughs> And there are fights on there I like. I got like the Macedo fight, but like she's only had one fight in the UFC. And she lost, and like her opponent's gonna be Andrea Lee, who's who has never fought in the UFC. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I'm looking forward to Andrea Lee, but that's you know, I guess for for people who haven't like who aren't in the know about Andrea Lee or either of them, you know, yeah, there's probably not a lot of a lot of interest going on there. I guess I guess they could do Ray Borg versus Brandon Moreno. Like they both dudes who headline shows. So like, because that's that guy. That, that, that got moved to that card, I believe. Hopefully they figure out something. I would love to see Usman still get a a good opponent, but yeah, that's oof. we'll 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 see. Maybe maybe somebody will, will will step in and save the day. I heard they wanted to get Oliver, but I think that was too quick a turnaround. Um, so we'll 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 see what happens with that. Um. I guess quick because we I don't, I don't want to spend too much time on it. But going back real quick, uh, Ngannou versus Black Beast. How, how's that go? Uh, Ngannou should win pretty easily, I think. Like the, the the he shouldn't fall into the trap of I gasped myself out trying to like grapple Lewis, like um, Marcin Tabor did. But <clears throat> like he should be able to do what he did to um to Curtis Blades. Like, Ngannou Gas versus uh, Stipe, but that was in large part because Stipe put a pace on him that he just couldn't match for, to save his life. Like, Lewis can't do that. Lewis will be tired three minutes into a round if he just has to stand up. <laughs> like, so he, he, he should be... Uh, he should be able to jab at Lewis and keep him at range for, like, three rounds even if he can't get the knockout, which I don't think he... Which I don't... Which, you know, not... Like, Lewis is not the most steel-chinned person around. Like, he's been knocked out by um, Mark Hunt, obviously. But he got knocked out in the regional scene. I can't remember who it was by. Oh, no, he got knocked out by Sean Jordan. By that, like, spinning kick from, like, nowhere. Yeah, I got, so. I got Ngano as well. That should be a fun fight, though. Yeah. And just it, it, the, the lead-up and the aftermath will be funny. Oh, yeah. There's probably gonna be some epic Twitter posts, or at least on behalf of Derek Lewis. Actually, no, uh, he might both. Did have you, some. Did, 
Did you see the one where he's like, they're going to have one minute rounds? Right. And five, minute <laughs> five minute breaks between rounds. The points deducted for takedowns. <laughs> hey, man, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. <laughs> and real uh, quick, uh, I'll uh, just. Uh, 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 I just want to be fair to Bellator since, like, they. I don't know if you saw their rating for their last show. I did not. It, they got like 250,000 people. What was that main event again? Didn't we watch that? That was the Chandler fight. Huh. For, that's literally the lowest um, since they've been on like MTV. Oof. That's like NBC Sports level of um, whatever, uh, ratings. So a little bit of Bellator talk. Uh, Karen Banks versus Adam Niglati. Neutrogena introduces the first acne-proofing gel cleanser. undercard on May 12th. So, there you go. Oh, sorry, I could do it one more time. This ad completely just blasted my ears. <laughs> uh, oh, I was just talking, uh, just fight announced, uh, Carrington Banks versus, um, freaking, I just closed the thing, Adam Piccolotti. Okay. So, that's, uh, that's going down on Bellator 199. Cool. Alright, um... I'm trying to think where to move to next. Uh, we we, we did. Wonder... We, we we should we should talk about the woman beater in the room. All right, I was gonna say we got a lot of different directions we can go. Uh, I mean, yeah, we can do this because it, it's not it's not a ton to elaborate. I, I mean, I feel like I, I feel like it, the stance will be pretty universally um, taken. So I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll let you uh, I'll let I'll let you lead this one. Uh, so um, former football player and noted woman attacker um, Greg Hardy basically has his foot in the door for the UFC. Uh, he will be making his pro MMA debut. He's been fighting amateur till now um, on the Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series. Uh, show he'll be fighting. Who is this? Brandon Sales, an army veteran. So, I, I, I don't. Uh, that's going to be on June twelfth. So you know, be prepared for that sadness. Yeah, and it, as a Cowboys fan, who Greg Hardy played with, and he was a nutcase while he was with us. And then we ended up letting them go for this. This, ugh. I, I, I've, I've watched one of, I've, I've seen like one or two of Greg Hardy's fights. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I guess people just don't care anymore. Or, or, or you know, I can't say it anymore. They probably never did. But he, it's not like. <laughs> And this this is not me like excusing his behavior at all. I'm just I'm trying to make sense out of this. If if Greg Hardy let's say hypothetically he was like a John Jones level talent, or or maybe like he had like that kind of potential, and they were like, all right, we know he's done all of this, you know, he's done he's done some pretty terrible things, so we're gonna we're just gonna take a chance on him. Maybe I'd get it. Because they're looking at, you know, this dude has a pretty high ceiling. And maybe if he just wins enough, people would just forget about it. But it's like, is he really that 
like the the negative attention you're probably gonna get. Is he really worth all of that? Like he's not. Like, dude, think about it like this: there are people we know who ha- like white beaters in the NFL right now, and Greg Hardy was so bad he couldn't get signed by another team. And the UFC is like, yeah, I want a piece of that. I mean, and I, I get it, you know, it's, I, I can't remember what year that happened. It was like 2000, I want to say 15. Something like that. 15. So you can say, you know, and I mean, I, I would hope he has changed that you, you never, like that, that's something you should never replicate again. But I don't know. I just, I feel like this isn't a good this just isn't a good look. I'm just having like flashbacks to that like real sports, um, like expose on like domestic violence in like MMA, and they cut to that Bellator uh, promo where like they use the prison, the the prison door closing sound effect hmm. when to promote a war machine fight. When war machine was in jail for domestic violence. And I'm like, yeah, that's my sport. Yeah. This is what we do. But that's going to be a thing. Oh, you know, um, you... but before we move completely off the topic of fighters doing illegal shit. A um, little bit of um, trivia for you, uh, a trivia question for you. Which fighter this past week, Bellator and SOF uh, veteran, was arrested for multiple charges, including murder? Oh Lord! Uh, for five hundred, we're gonna go with Alexis Vila. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Oh boy. Okay. He's probably gonna go away for a long time. I mean. Oh, was that was that in the states? Uh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, oh. Dade County, uh, uh, Miami Dade County, Florida. Oh boy, Trump's America. You're gone, buddy. That is oof. Well, no, he's a legal citizen. I don't think they yeah. like once you get off like once you would uh, once you touch sand here. I think from Cuba, I think that you're just automatically a citizen. Nah, he's they they will find a way. I mean, maybe like why would you like, like forgive me for my I I know lack of whatever, but like why would you leave Cuba? And then proceed to murder somebody. Right. <laughs> I, I, yeah. yeah, he... I feel like, though, no, he's had a couple of issues before, hasn't he, though? I mean, he's... Like, uh, yeah. Has he? Because, like, the only thing I know about, like, Vila is that he's been saying for 10 years that he's, like, one fight away from being in the UFC. <laughs> <laughs> Hanging on to a hope and a dream. Yeah. Yeah, that is Bob Vila. He, he's out of here. I mean, he's been in the U.S. for like twenty years. Man, yeah, he he's definitely out of here. Well, you don't got to worry about him being on uh the fight contender series. Oh, he will be uh. Wait, I just found his Wikipedia page. In two thousand four, Vila accidentally crashed his car into the Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport. <laughs> So no one was hurt. Authorities mistakenly believed it was attempted terrorism and Villa was charged with airport <laughs> violence and sent to prison for three years. Upon his belief... Oh my god, he did go to jail. 
I was saying, like, I feel like this is not the first time he's had, like, an incident. That's so fucked he, up. He's done some other, he's done some other things. That that dude, man, he, well, I'm pretty sure you'll, you'll have plenty of time in uh, whatever jail cell you're in to, you know. I mean, uh, I, I don't know if he did it. Maybe they mistaken him for another bricked up, like, four foot tall Cuban dude. <laughs> boy oh boy but yeah so he's, he's gonna be, be doing some hard times it's just sad because like i looked him up and like like the fourth or fifth article that comes up is at eight at age 45 alexa villa is ready to resume his MMA career and that was from like two years ago <laughs> oh how life turns around um so yeah that that's the thing so Bye bye Alexis Vila. Um, do we do we want to? We might as well stick with the UFC. We, we can make fun of PFL in a little bit. I mean, we um, can make fun of PFL whenever. It's never not funny. All right. You know what? It's like we'll get back to let's. <laughs> we'll get back. To, <laughs> we'll get back to Leslie Smith in this TV deal in a second. We're gonna we're gonna switch gears to PFL real quick. Um, this little Ponzi scheme tournament they got going on. It's going down. Um. And that's what it is, uh, right? It has to be a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, Ray Seppel has to be, like, getting a little bit off the top. Yeah, this this tournament that, you know, this, they're throwing around some some money figures that I'm not too sure about, but... But, like, so, the P- PBC, uh, Primetime Boxing, whatever, that's an obvious Ponzi scheme, right? You steal a billion dollars that don't belong to you. To get around the fact that you are also the promoter and all these fighters' agents, you kind of just give yourself a advisor role. You, you skim a little bit off of each fight you have, and you overpay the guys to the point where you're making millions and millions of dollars a year, so you can blow through this billion dollars, right? <laughs> That's obvious. I don't get what the PFL grift is, unless you're Ali Abdelaziz. I don't know. Because he's the one who's managing like most of these guys. And from what I understand, like the Ali Abdelaziz like um management system of payment is like a legit Ponzi scheme where the guys at the bottom are basically paying for the guys at the top. So I don't like I don't know. I I, I is is he paying Ray Seppo? What? I'm just waiting for this tournament to end, and everybody has their hand out for that check that they're owed, and then something happens. And then, like the PFL offices are like <laughs> relocated <laughs> in the middle of the night. <laughs> Somebody, somebody's getting the U-Haul truck that night, and they're 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 getting out of here. Somebody's gonna be hunting somebody for some money. They're gonna make another Alexis Vila. Somebody's. <laughs> Somebody's. It's not gonna end well. This tournament is not gonna end well. Uh, there's gonna be a bevy of lawsuits, like some like some interviews with like fighters crying, being like, "How am I supposed to pay my rent?" Right. Like this is not. My this kid is not needs school well. supplies. Damn it. <laughs> Uh, and I feel bad. I, I feel bad because I, 
I want to. I, I hope I'm wrong. I, I want that PFL is legit. This million dollar payout or whatever, but something something tells me, man, a lot of these guys are gonna end up disappointed. But I mean, just to uh, throw it out there, we don't gotta spend too much time on it. But uh, the PFL roster is set. So you know, the um, sad got... part is, like, their roster is not bad at all. Like, right, it's pretty solid roster with some yeah. solid ass talent on it. So. Just to give some people some ideas of just of some of the matchups they got going on. So Andre Harrison, who's pretty much I, I would say like the top guy at PFL, uh, he's going uh, going against Ju- Juma Becky Turkson. Yes, the ma- uh, the Chinese man that um, freaking Marcus Burmage sent to the other world. Yeah, and and Andre Harrison's probably gonna do the same thing. That's yeah, he, he's probably gonna be out of here. But that's going down. Uh, Lance Palmer versus uh, Bekubat Magomedov, uh, Alexandre Almeida, Lee Coville, uh, Marcos Galvo, and Nazarino Malgari, Steven Saller, and Magomed Idrisov, uh, Tamora Valev, and Max Koga. Um, and just uh, real quick, because I don't want to go over every match, but like just names in general who you guys can look out for, other than the names I just mentioned. Uh, people like Will Brooks. Uh, Palomino, uh, Bron Foster, Jason High, Islam Mamedov, Rashid Magomedov, Ramsey Ninjam, Tiago Tavares, Chris Wade, uh, in the welterweight division, Jake Searle, Rick Story, um, Yuri Villafort, uh, do other names, middleweight, John Howard, and I don't know any of these middleweights, so, sorry, uh, <laughs> light heavyweight, Vicky Magales, Ronnie Marks, Sean O'Connell, um, Brandon Halsey, uh, and at heavyweight, you got dudes like Josh Copeland, uh, Sean Jordan, Mike Kyle, Jack Major, at Rochelle, um, Jake Hume, Dennis Goltsov. So, just some of the names that'll be in this, uh, this PFL tournament that's going down. Um, I keep forgetting Chris Wade just didn't get re-signed because he's boring. Which kind of sucks for him because he was like 5-2 and two in the UFC. Yeah. You're not, uh, you know, if you're, you're not getting knockouts or yelling at people on Twitter, man. It's, it's a different ball game, man. Yeah, job job security is not guaranteed. You need to get that brain damage if you want this check. Right. <laughs> but, uh, oh, that that's a perfect segue. <laughs> <laughs> Let's segue to somebody who avoided brain damage and got a check, but got, all right, she didn't get fired, but. She, she got fired. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, Leslie Smith. The old get fired while still getting paid. Yeah. So you, so you, while still paying so you don't look like the bad guy. Yeah. So Leslie Smith, Aspen led. That fight, was that, that was supposed to have been yesterday? Huh? Was that, what, 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 car, what fight was that car supposed to have been on? It was supposed to be last night. Yeah, last night. I thought it was. All right. So Leslie Smith was supposed to welcome Aspen led. Uh, to the UFC. Oh, no. Uh, Aspen has fallen to the UFC before. Oh, sorry. My bad. I lied. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> so, I think Aspen Lad was overweight by, was like 1.8 pounds or something like that? Uh, Something like that, yeah. Yeah. So, she's overweight. Uh, didn't Did not make the weight limit. Um, So, Leslie Smith does not proceed on with the fight, which I would say she has every right to do. But you know, we you dig a little deeper into it, and there's some some shadiness um, 
kind of going on. So there were conflicting stories about what was going on in terms of payment and like ways they were going to try to work out the fight to still make it happen. Um, allegedly, I, I don't know if it was Aspen Ladd or just somebody in her camp was going to offer Leslie Smith like an additional 5K to still fight, but Leslie Smith shot that down and said that like completely wasn't true. So I, I guess apparently what was kind of going on was she wanted, Leslie wanted to renegotiate her contract under some new terms. I think she wanted one more fight under some new terms. Not sure exactly what the new terms entails, but um, she just wanted one more fight after the lad fight had it happen. And the UFC pretty much was like, no, you can get out of here. Like, we're not, whatever your new terms are, we're not, you know, we're not, we're not dealing with it. So, um, yeah, she, the, the, the fight did not happen. They paid her, her, did they give her fight and win, I believe? Yes. Yeah, so she got her fight and win money. But, and there's always a but, so did they counted this as her contractually finishing out her contract. Right. Even though she didn't <laughs> technically fight. Yeah, it, it, so, sorry to like, interrupt your narrative, but like, side note, um, fight fans and journalists too, there's no such thing as uh, show money. You get your purse and a win bonus. So t- technically, the UFC does not legally have to pay you for making weight. You get paid to fight. So until you step in that octagon, your pitch is really up in the air. Um, I can't remember who it was, but there was somebody recently where like they just got $10,000 instead of their whole uh, purse. Because their fight got canceled. I think that was Kiesa. Uh, I thought it was um. Oh, never mind. I don't know. I, I, didn't um. Yuta Sasaki. Yeah, he had a fight that got canceled. He, he had a fight that got canceled because Bibu, uh, Bibu, uh, yeah, uh, his back injury got sprung up again. Yeah. So I'm not sure if that was him or like I, I just remember reading a headline recently where someone was like, "Yeah, I got paid ten thousand dollars. I'm supposed to get paid like fifty thousand for purse." So. But, um, sorry to interrupt, go ahead, uh, continue. But, yeah, it, it was just, I mean, I, I get it, you're not contract, I mean, you, you, I don't know, it, it, <laughs> it just, it seems like this could have went smooth, and what, I guess what I don't get, not to, to sidetrack off on another point, but, like, people were saying, like, Leslie Smith was scared, to fight Aspen Ladd, and that's why she turned down the fight. And it's like uh, Leslie Smith fought Chris Cyborg, right? Can, can like can we not can? And I I have to assume anybody who says that like you just haven't you don't know who Leslie Smith is like you just you've never watched or you're just stupid. It, right, right, yeah, one of those two. Like she stepped in to fight Chris Cyborg, so there's no way logically it makes sense that you're scared of Aspen Ladd. No diss to Aspen Ladd. But you fought Chris Cyborg. That does that just doesn't make sense. That's that's not even. Just no like that. Stop, stop. But I thought it was just kind of weird that like <laughs> they gave her this. I think the total was like sixty two thousand. Yeah. Like they gave her that, but made it like 
that's what contractually finishes your contract, even though you technically didn't fight. Right, right. So they basically just paid you sixty-two thousand to boot you out the door. Basically, because they had no intention. <laughs> they had no intention on resigning her. Like even I feel like even they had this fight went down and she would have won. You know, they they had no intention on resigning her. Yeah, and, absolutely. And the only thing I can point to that is, if if she's not on Project Spearhead, she's back in the UFC. I say. I, I don't think that's a question. Because it, there's nothing... You look at her fight, like, she's she's the person the UFC dreams of. Like, this is the kind of person you foam at the mouth at. She's going to give you exciting fights. You know, every time she goes in there, somebody's going to bleed, whether it's her or whoever she's fighting. She's getting ears ripped off. Like, <laughs> it, it, I don't know why you get rid of her. So I, I can only point to... To Project Spearhead. You're not going to tell me this one little disagreement is the reason they got rid of it. It definitely had to be deeper than that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I'm, I'm just going to get the, the uh, what you call it real quick, the rankings. Alright, so, um, from my understanding, Lizzie Smith wanted a $100,000 uh, $100, flat rate and no win bonus for her upcoming contract. Um, you know, that's like 38000 more than what the UFC paid her. Funny enough, uh, the the UFC found money. Uh, it was really nice that the UFC became, you know, like a a successful business in the span of like two weeks. Because two weeks ago, did we not run into a situation where, who was it, like six fighters ended up not getting paid their full purse because um, the UFC don't really have money like that. <laughs> <laughs> like it was this not a thing that happened to Chandler and Pettis not Chandler, uh, Kiesa and Pettis and Felder and all these other guys so um, it's really it's really nice that they became a successful business in like two weeks um, as far as far as Smith goes is she worth a hundred like yes like are you like a hundred thousand flat rate, yeah, I, I believe she is. Just because, I, without her, you literally have sixteen bantamweights in that division, and probably uh, fewer because I assume a few more are going to just drop the flat over the next year. Um, but yeah, no, like this comes back, like it, it seems like. This is the UFC trying to look like a good guy um, to get rid of their union, the the the, uh, the person who's most vocal about wanting a fighter's union. Yep. And you get rid of her, and who, who's left? Cajun Johnson and Treasurer Ally Quinta. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like this is why the UFC wanted to put Paul Felder in that position, and they couldn't. So whatever. But like, like, it's so. Uh, it's just uh, whatever, whatever. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's a whatever. Like we, <laughs> they 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 they're basically taking the head off the snake by getting rid of Leslie Smith. 
I mean, you, you got Iaquinta still out there. I, I, I feel like Johnson's time is going to be short. <laughs> They're probably going to – I feel like Iaquinta might hang around for a little bit. I think he can stay around. I think some of these other spearhead guys, man, they're going to get them out of here. They're, they're going to, when it's time for that contract renewal, just just pay attention, guys. Just pay attention. When when these spearhead fighters, when they, when it comes time for contract renewal, see, see what happens to some of these guys. So I'm doing a little bit of counting. The women's bantamweight division has 15 fighters in it mm. because JDR is hurt. Pena's on maternity leave. Correa says she's coming back in July, but who knows if, you know, that's a thing that's going to happen. And Namos is gone for two years. So, they literally have 15 fighters on one. So, you can't tell, and like Leslie Smith, you, you can't tell me you can't pay Leslie Smith $100,000 just to be a woman's band. Like, a solid career. Like, she's 4-3 and three in the UFC, but again, one of her losses to Cyborg. Alright. So, you know, whatever. It's, it's asinine, really. Like, well, we'll see how this all, this all pans it, out. It's, it's going to be it's Sarah not. Kaufman versus Leslie Smith for the Invicta Bandway title. Hey, man. I'm all for it. <laughs> they, 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 they put on some classics, so... We'll, we'll, we'll see. She, she's going to be a free agent, so... Or she is a free agent, I should say, so we'll... we'll Keep an eye, see how that turns out. But uh, I guess let's uh let's let's get on to this card. Um, last night UFC Fight Night 128 went down in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Um, just gotta say that crowd is trash. But don't we'll do, do, don't way. you dare. <laughs> Why did they woo in the very first fight on the fight pass prelims? <laughs> I mean, have you ever been to Atlantic City? I have not. It's pretty terrible. <laughs> when they get moments of joy, they have to express them somehow. Oh man, but um, yeah, that that one thing, man. You you guys gotta you guys gotta work on that. But <laughs> anywho, um, yeah, this this card went down last night, headlined by uh, Kevin Lee and Edson Barboza. So we'll just uh we'll just start from the top. So Kevin Lee. Edson Barboza, um, in short, this fight hurt my feelings, that's the short story, um, but I gotta say, man, this, this was a really awesome performance from Kevin Lee, um, incredible display of heart from Barboza, who, <clears throat> I don't know how he even survived past, like, round two, um, but managed to go all five before Dr. Stoppage, um, this fight, kind of sort of went the way of Habib and Barboza but I don't know do you think this was worse um it was better in the sense that Edson managed to hurt Lee at least once during the fight but other than that no like it, 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 it this might have been actually been way worse yeah like I was really impressed that Lee was just able to put constant pressure on Barboza, um, didn't really give him a ton of room to get a lot of strikes off, though Barboza did have his moments, um, and yeah, when every time, every time he took him down, he made him pay for it, he mercilessly beat this man <laughs> with ground and pound, um, for the better of pretty much five rounds, 
uh, round three, I think that was the round where Barboza managed to create like a little bit of space. He got off his, you know, patented <laughs> spinning wheel kick. Um, he, he made Lee do the craziest stanky leg I've ever seen. It was like, um, if you guys remember the Bobby Rule and Ja Rule song, if you remember <laughs> some of the dances that Bobby Brown was doing, <laughs> that was kind of the stanky leg that Kevin Lee did. But, like, Kevin Lee, man, that, that was, like, some amazing recovery. Because he, or I don't know if it was recovery or instinct or whatever it was, because it, it worked. Because, dude, his legs were all out of control. And somehow he managed to still, like, I don't know if it was just instinct or what, but he, he had enough wits about him to still go for a takedown and pre- recovered from that shot, like, pretty well. Um, but props to Barboza, though, because, like, in, in round three, and I think even in moments of round four, like, he was getting beat on, but he still had enough energy to throw some... He was still out there, like, trying to throw bombs, trying to do some damage he was landing some good body kicks um he landed a few good shots with the hands um but in the end it was just kevin lee just it was a lot of pressure a lot of him just mercilessly beating on barboza um i i I was (laughs) you know what i now feel bad in, in retrospect uh hindsight is definitely 2020 when the fight first got stopped yesterday i was kind of angry but now looking back at it, so once I rewatched it this morning, I was like, "Yeah, I'm not mad that that fight got stopped." He was um like Edson doesn't need to have these two insane beatings back to back. Yeah, so uh, I was fine with it. Yeah, and I mean his eye was um well I can't remember which eye. One of his eyes was like com- almost like completely shut. Like he he was it it was just slacking. I did not think Lee was gonna like steamroll him like this. I did. I, I thought this fight would be a bit more competitive, um, but honestly, they probably yeah, could have stopped it earlier. Like where? Earlier. Probably they they probably could have stopped it. But I mean, like I said, props to Barboza, incredible heart for like getting through the five rounds and still having energy to, you know, try to attempt to throw some haymakers to, just to try to end the fight. But it, great performance from Kevin Lee. Um, I would really like to see him and Habib. I think that would be a really interesting fight. Like, I think all the top fights for Habib right now are just super interesting because, like, they're all different than the guys, like, he came, he fought coming up. Like, there, uh, there's nobody there who fights, like, um, Michael Johnson or Edson Barboza where they have to be on the outside. They're going to be meeting him in the middle because the thing with Khabib is, like, his, his, his wrestling works uh, not only, but, like, it works best when he's able to pressure you into the cage. And someone like Kevin Lee, who is just going to fucking like, chase you down and uh, fight for his own takedowns, like I think that's it, that's a really interesting matchup. I think Kevin Lee might be the only dude who could match Khabib like strength for strength because good God, he is strong as shit. Yeah. Yeah. Did he um? Was there a story about him missing weight? Uh, I know he was over by two pounds. I don't know if he like overslept or whatever, but he just kept saying like I didn't have time. So, um, and that brings me back to my point. Like I really, um, I I I really like the morning uh, weigh-ins. I think they're good for like fighters who are able to get up on time, cut the that little bit of weight, 
and then like have the rest of the whole day and the day after to um to rehydrate. But like you shouldn't be, you you shouldn't have to, like you should you have to make weight by four o'clock that day. You know, yeah. you you shouldn't have to be there at like ten o'clock in the morning and wake up like four hours early to try to cut the extra three pounds or whatever. Um, and I think that's I, I don't know if like he overslept. I don't know like you you just kept saying he ran out, out of time. Cause he weighed in like at the last last second, right? I'm not sure. I actually missed the weigh-in. I didn't even know he missed weight until like later in the day. Oh, I got his thing here. Uh, thirty plus fights and over four hundred wrestling matches in my career. For the first time ever, I missed weight, ran out of time, but I'm gonna still put on a show for real. Yeah. So, oh, well, that he did. Yeah. <laughs> that he did. Um, this is like his best performance all around, too. Like from like the striking and the wrestling standpoint. Um, is easily his biggest. Like this has me thinking. Like if this Kevin Lee fought Tony Ferguson, I could see him beating him. Yeah. It's not like the first fight wasn't close. Like he, he beat the crap out of Tony in that first round before you know, he started to fatigue. Maybe without staff, like that fight goes all five rounds. Possibly, possibly. Uh, n- now I see year, years late. People were hype on Kevin Lee for a while, and I just didn't see it. I get it now. Now I, I now I see what, <laughs> what what everybody else has been seeing. I guess for the past like couple years that, that I just kind of brushed under the rug. Like the, but, the um, thing with Lee though is like he, the thing with Lee is like the same thing with like Poirier. And a little bit with Holloway and like these guys who hang around in MMA, like in the UFC, for like years before they actually um, like make a splash. And Lee's uh, like Lee's not been in the UFC for that long, but like the dude got to the UFC with only two years of wait, yeah, like two years of pro experience. Like he debuted pro in 2012, and by 2014 he was fighting Ayala Quinta at UFC 169. So like he he got like we've seen him do all his learning in the UFC. We saw him lose to uh, Al. We saw him lose to Leonardo Santos, and we seen we saw him struggle with freaking um Jesse Ronson. Like and that kind of sticks with us more than like if it had happened on the regional scene because we're we're, we're kind of trained to think that like not that guys don't grow exponentially in the UFC, but like. All talent kind of advances the same amount in the same amount of time, I guess. All right. So like, you know, uh, but it it was pretty clear early on that he was like a fantastic athlete. He's really stiff. He's kind of stiff here, but it, like it was still way better than it's been in the past. All right, and who knows? Like between now and you know, whenever his next fight, we might even see more. We might see some more wrinkles that maybe we haven't seen yet. Cause I think what dude's only twenty five. Yeah, like this dude plays yeah. on average like three times a year. Like, uh, and especially as of late, like he's been fighting like pretty top flight competition. Yeah. So, so like his last three fights: Barboza, Ferguson, Chiesa. Fight before that was Ronaldo. 
Like, solid dudes. Yeah. So, shout out to Kevin Lee, man. He He's... He he's definitely out here earning stripes. That was that was a, a five round uh schlacking. Um <laughs> I will um, say though, like if they ever make the one sixty five division, like that's perfect for him. Yeah. The dude he's a big lightweight. That dude he's 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 pretty stocky. Yeah, like I, I always thought he was kinda of short, but no, he's just he it's just that he's so freaking built like shoulder to shoulder that he looks short. So, yeah, but yeah, that that was the the main event. Poor Barboza, man. That's that's a rough, (laughs) that's a rough two stretch of fights. Um, but speaking of uh, slacking, uh, co-main event, Frankie Edgar and Cub Swanson. Um, this fight went kind of the way I thought. I didn't think it was gonna be all on the feet. Um, I, I thought this would kind of look somewhat like um, him and Frankie and Yair. Maybe not to that degree of savageness. So basically like the first fight? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> um, boy, yeah, Frankie just kind of... It, this fight was weird to watch because it seemed like the, the entire fight, like, Cub was just a deer in headlights. Like, he... It it just looked like the whole fight, like he was just waiting for a moment that never came, and while he was waiting for that moment, Frankie was just <laughs> picking this man apart, like just great. Literally, it was just boxing because I don't I don't think he went for I don't think he went for anything. No, he, he went for takedowns. He didn't get any of them. They were they, yeah, he didn't get any. They were they were the um the like low single variety, not his uh, normal like I'm a go and like try to hit a, a knee tap type yeah so he yeah he just kind of boxed cub up <laughs> for, for three rounds and i i, I almost wonder because it, it seemed like cub was like afraid to just commit to anything i don't know if he was afraid to get countered or if he was afraid he would get taken down if he extended himself too far but it was a lot of him just like hesitating and feigning and kind of acting like he was going to throw something but there wasn't it wasn't like a ton of output and meanwhile frankie is just he's getting in and out he, he's doing what frankie does like he's he's, he's it's a frankie fight like <laughs> i don't really know how else to describe it and it just went on for three rounds and i, I didn't hear this but they mentioned it during the broadcast I, I guess after like i don't know if it was after the first or second round that cups corner told him he was doing great it was yeah. Uh, that was the saddest corner exchange I think I've ever heard, because Cub, who I'm sure was like at least semi aware that he was losing, right? Like you, you don't go through those t- first two rounds and think you're winning, but he asked his corner if he's winning. And his corner's like, "You're doing great, kid." Yeah. Not um. Yeah. He like I got blatantly. <laughs> You guys just blatantly lied to this man, cause he was definitely getting worked. Um, but like, it, I, I kind of get it, cause if your guy comes to you and is just like, "Am I winning, coach?" and like, you know, he should know that he's not. It just means he's just signaling for some type of like, good, like, goodwill or um, like. It, it's like when your kid comes to you with like a shitty drawing. 
you know? <laughs> and, and you have to, like, bite the bullet. You have to, like, bite the bullet and just be like, yeah, no, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I'll put it up on the fridge. Because he, he, he needs that confidence. Like, Cub's a dude who lives in his head. Like, all, all of his big losses come when he screws up because... Like he just mentally has like a mental lapse. Yeah, and it, it I felt like he just uh, it, it was kind of frustrating because it was one of those fights where like I, I felt like he could have done more. And not saying I don't I don't I don't wouldn't have picked him to win still, but I I think the fight just could have been closer, or maybe he just could have had at least some moments if he would have just pulled the trigger, but. Yeah, it, it it was just really weird to watch. Like he, he was just kind of, he looked kind of lost out there. It was it was really bizarre. But Frankie gonna Frankie. Um, I mean, good good on him because from what I heard, like he's been having a lot going on with his personal life. Like his dad passed, his grandfather passed, like a week after. Like this week. Like yeah, so like he he's been going through it, but the dude dude's a warrior. He's he's still out here putting on the show. Still out here putting paws on people. Um, Wait. Yeah, what? 30, he's like 36? Uh, 30. He's 30-something, but in fight years, he's pretty old. Yeah. The dude has been through some... He's, he's been through some wars. Yeah, he's 36, and, so... Yeah, but he, he's still out here, man. And still, like, performing at an elite level. So, shout-outs to Frankie, man. Great win. Um, He's in a weird spot, too, because, like, do you... I don't see them giving him a title shot. Is, I can see them giving him one if um if Holloway wins. Okay, yeah, they could because that yeah. But people still want to see yeah. that fight. But yeah, if Ortega wins, I mean, do you run it back and just say like, oh, this is the Frankie that prepared for uh, Max Holloway and on like a week's notice? <laughs> like, do you run it with that angle or do you run with the like, or do you just run it? Uh, do you run it back with Holloway, depending on how the fight goes, or do you bring somebody else in? I think if if Ortega wins, you got to bring somebody else in. The question is, do they bring Aldo in? Because Aldo uh, has a fight coming up with Jeremy Stevens. If he wins that, like Stevens is on a really hot streak, a real hot streak right now. Like you could, but yeah. Like, those would be your two options, right? Like, if you don't do the... If Ortega wins, you don't do the Holloway rematch. Which I think they would do, by the way. Like, unless Ortega just goes out there and just submits him inside of a round. Like, I I think they would probably run it back, but... I guess the good thing is, no matter who you go with, like, in that top five, I think they're all pretty good matchups. It's just a worry of seeing the same people do, like, Kind of like the Bellator, <laughs> where it's just Patty Kate, you know, it's it's it's, it's yeah, it's you can see the same four people fight for the title again, right? <laughs> I don't want one of those situations going on, but um, but, we'll we'll see. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of interesting ways like that can play out, but I, I guess they they can have fun with matchups. They can make something fun happen. But just really quick before we move on to, I I I, I don't even know what the next fight is, but um. Uh, this was the first rematch of Cub Swanson's career. Uh. Yeah, he's had like 30-something fights, but this is the first time he's fought somebody in a rematch. Do you think that had something to do with like 
why he looks so gun shy? Could be because he's boy after that first fight. It, it was weird because I didn't realize that first fight was back in two thousand and fourteen. What fourteen? I remember that whipping like yesterday. <laughs> like, I, I remember that fight. So I don't know, man. He might have had some. I mean, I mean, I, I get it. He. The way that first fight went, the, I I can't fault you for thinking like, man, if I extend myself, this dude's gonna take me down, and this it, it's not gonna go well. Like, it, it it might not work out well for me. So, I get it. I I get yeah. it. I definitely get it. But shout outs to Frankie, man. Dudes out here. This feel- Frankie's one of those dudes. Real quick, I gotta say, I did not start off a Frankie fan. Frankie like won me over eventually. Because I was not a Frankie fan in the beginning. I, I was a Gray Maynard guy. I wanted Gray to get that belt so bad, and it just never happened. But Frankie, Frankie... <laughs> and, and then he broke Gray Maynard. <laughs> right. <laughs> Frankie Frankie has won me over, man. He, he is... He's one of the few guys who I've started off not liking, and he eventually won me over. Uh, Frank Mir isn't quite yet in that category. Um, you know what? Frank Mir kind of won me over. But depending on how this Bellator card goes, he might go right back down. Man, this is Fedor's fault. It is. <laughs> he could have stayed retired. Could have had a nice, cushy, bureaucrat job as, like, the king of Russian sports or whatever Vladimir Putin made him. Like, <laughs> but no, I, I he needs that spotlight. He needs people to know he was once really good. So that, that's on him. It is. It is. I feel. I just feel bad for Cub because, like, he has all these top ten wins. Like, he, he has all these like big performances, and he just never was able to get a title shot because the title picture at one forty five is just constantly stuffed with like, yeah, your Edgars and your Aldos like... and your Holloways, and then McGregor came out of nowhere, and then he's like a. And not, I don't mean this is a slight. He's like a lesser, like, Cerrone. Yeah. Because, like, Cerrone was like that for the longest, where, like, he great performances, classic fights. Well, he, he did eventually get a title shot that didn't turn out too good. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Sw- Swanson's one of those. I keep forgetting like he fought for the title. Yeah. Because it was, like, so yeah. quick. Yeah. <laughs> was... And then there's, like, the picture of, like, RD with his son after the fight and his son looks so sad (laughs) your son's a cowboy (laughs) (laughs) yeah man Cub yeah I like Cub too man it it does kind of I I wanted to see him just get a title shot like just because like he's he's been around for so long it's like I just want to see him can, can he have that moment can he like can he even if he loses? Like, can, can he just give me a great title fight? I'll be happy with that. Right. But, you know, when you fight Frankie, when when Frankie's the guy keeping you from a title shot, it, more often than not, it's probably not gonna go in your favor. But um, you know, great great performance from Frankie nonetheless. Uh, next fight, actually, this is one of the few fights I did not rewatch. Um, Justin Willis and Chase Sherman. Um. So, I, I think I mentioned this before that we started. I fell asleep. Um, <laughs> literally. I, I remember the moment. Uh, I fell asleep uh, right after the end of the Sterling Johns fight, right before they read the cards. 
Um, so I have I I didn't watch the Willis Sherman fight. Oh, it was actually for for a heavyweight fight. This was actually pretty good. Um, so I'm watching it right now. It's, it's Willis just knocked down Sherman. Yeah, he Willis was the whole fight was an energy conservationist. Like <laughs> he he wasn't doing a lot of movement. He was just kind of loading up on strikes, but like he wouldn't. I, 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 well, you're watching it, so I, I, it'll it'll make sense. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying what <laughs> I'm saying what you're saying. Yeah, like he he wasn't doing a, a ton, but when he exploded, he was trying to make sure that it counted. Right. Um. So he he was definitely unloading on Chase. Chase was eating some nasty, um, shots. Like you said, he he got rocked uh, pretty hard. I mean, he came back. It, it was a pretty good fight. Like Chase had some moments. He was making the fight competitive. He was keeping himself in the fight. But um, uh, yeah, Willis just no. Like this was supposed to. I'm pretty sure they set this up so that Willis would like have a showcase fight. Because that's the only reason I think you put Chase Sherman the third fight down from the main uh, the main event, right? Yeah, I was wondering. I was wondering that too. Like I didn't think this fight would be that high on this card. But um, here we are. Right. <laughs> Hey man, have heavyweight MMA. They they need love. I mean, like it yeah, had like <laughs> two fights between top ten on the prelims, but y'all y'all gonna get this uh, Willis Sturmer fight. <laughs> but I mean, good good performance from from Willis. Um, I'm pretty sure he probably made some fans after this. Like I I think it was a pretty good performance from him. Like I said, he. He was saving his energy, just kind of loading up on. Yeah, shots. He, he he's but, not uh, bad. Like he looks like um, I was gonna say like a cut rate DC, which isn't a bad thing. Like at all, like, but he, that's what he reminds me of. Yeah. So another, I'm not sure how old he is, but well, well, we say this all the time. What age isn't that doesn't matter at heavyweight. <laughs> just have some power and be halfway smart. Just be cool. tough. Yeah. <laughs> you could be 60, but if you're tough, it, it don't matter. Yeah, you'll, you'll find a way to make a career out of it. Like, if but, you're uh, a heavyweight, we're, we're literally all you need to do is be tough and like be on the treadmill 24-7. Yeah. Like, like, come in at like 235, and you'll be all right. <laughs> and Willis, Will, Willis put on a pretty good performance, so shout out to him. He, uh, he's another, at least, at least some kind of new face. He's 30, by the way. All right, so he's literally he's twenty one and heavy. He is a, he's a literal baby. Yeah. <laughs> so, shout out to Willis. Um, yeah, somebody I guess worth keeping an eye on. He'll he'll probably take somebody's heads off in the near future. The way he was loading up. I mean, he almost killed Chase. Was at the foot of the pearly gates. He was right there. He almost died, but he he got he got real back to earth at the last second. <laughs> but, Oh, speaking of uh, knockouts, and somebody who wasn't at the foot of the pearly gates, he went through them. Superstar. Um, the GOAT. The, the GOAT. The, David the Branch. <laughs> the old dual wielder of belts. Connor before Connor. David Branch. Thiago Santos. Um, it's weird because before this fight, I was. I've always been a David Branch fan, but I was kind of scared of this fight for Branch. I, I, I thought he. Might get caught with, you know, fighting a dude with a hammer tattoo on his chest. Like he's, he's coming it's to kill. Him. And, right, <laughs> literally. 
and lately, like the streak he's been on, man, he's been just murking dudes. And I was afraid that, like, man, like Branch might start off okay, and then he would eat like a nasty head kick and get sent to the tenth dimension. But um, yeah, man, David Branch held it down. Um, I mean, Santos got off some pretty good leg kicks. David Branch even said after the fight, like his 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 calf, I guess, was pretty messed up. Uh, so I mean, Santos had that going for him. Uh, but Branch was just, he was really, really patient. Really, really patient. He got through those leg kicks. I don't even know if that right hand had, like, a setup. Like, he had, like, I, I think he was kind of, like, cutting Tiago off. He had him back against the cage. And he kind of just threw a right hand, and it just landed flush. Like, it wasn't, like, a crazy setup. It didn't even look like the punch was that hard, but it just it landed so clean. Yeah, like, like, dude, like, Santos had his back to the cage, but he was, like, twisted a little bit, so he was off it, but he ate the full force of that thing, like, yeah, basically, uh, Branch grabbed at, um, Santos's like, right arm so that he couldn't throw the right hand, and, like, <laughs> then Branch came over with the right hand and just dropped him, and he was out. Yeah. I did not expect that. Like, I did not either. Like, if 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 Branch were to win this fight, I would have told you either, like, decision or may, maybe, like, a submission on the ground, like, uses wrestling, maybe, you know, takes back. Something, something like that. If you would have told me that David Branch was going to flatline Tiago, no, I would not have exactly. believed you. But here we are. David Branch out here, you know, came over from World Series to fighting. I'm glad he's doing well, man. I'm, I'm really... I, I feel like this win... I don't know if validates if that's the right word. Um, but like like I said, he came over from WSOF where he held two titles. He not not the best performances. Um, I mean he had he had moments against Luke, but he ended up dropping that. He fought on was it it was Jocko right? Yeah, and that fight well even though he won, it wasn't you know, wasn't a, yeah wasn't that really great of a performance. Um, but dude comes in against Santos, who was a, a bona fide killer, and he gets him out of here. So it, it proves, you know, Dave Branch does indeed belong back in the UFC. Um, still wish he would have went to 205, but, you know. It is what it is. Yeah, we can't all get what we want, but hey, man, shout-out to Dave Branch the GOAT. <laughs> Next fight, Aljamain Sterling, Brett Johns. Uh, Brett Johns was previously undefeated prior to this, but um, I like the all right. We all get one, we all get the L eventually. Yeah, yeah. Nobody in uh, there were no Floyd Mayweather's in MMA. Your your L is is it'll come. I mean, it will come to you. Khabib's gonna win forever. Nah, we, I don't think so. We have to protect Khabib. Yeah. <laughs> Habib, I think, I think whenever Habib loses, it's gonna be one of those like heartbreaking losses. Like, it's gonna be one of those fights where, is well, I mean, every Habib fight is pretty important, but I feel like it's gonna be one of those seminal moments where it's like, oh man, like he really lost. Like, it's almost gonna be hard to believe. You're never gonna beat Habib on the card. You gotta beat him. You're gonna have to knock him out. Yeah, because I don't see anybody subbing him. Like maybe Ferg, like he he just like gets in on that anaconda choke or something. But whoever beats Khabib is gonna have to knock him out. Yeah, but 
for Aljamain, or for one Aljamain, um, I'm all about expression and hairstyles. I don't know how I felt about the little, little braid setup he had going on. Um, His rap but other than, huh? Was that, uh, I couldn't get a good look at it because I don't know what it was. It was really weird, but, but hey, man, it, it worked. It, it got you a win, or it was it was part of the win. So may, maybe it's a good luck. <laughs> it's like a good luck charm. But um, th- this is the Aljamain I like to see, man. He was really aggressive. Like, he kept a really good pace. I think in, like, the second round, they had an exchange where he was just teeing off on Brett. And, like, I look at this performance, and I'm like, where has this Aljamain been? Or where was he during, like, um, I'm trying to think of some fights. Um, Caraway, like, like the Caraway, yeah, like the Caraway fight, the Sunset. Like, where was this guy at? Because this Aljamain is the... This is the fighter that people were hype about who, you know, thought had tons of potential and that he could, you know, potentially come like a become a title contender, put him put himself in that in, in that light along with like the elite of the division. So, Aljamain, man, you th- this is the guy we need to see every fight. Like even if you were to lose, like just seeing this amount of effort and seeing that he was really going for it, um I I was impressed. Like clear 30-27 across the cards. And I, I mean, and you could say it's against Brett Johns, but like we said, Brett Johns was undefeated. Brett Johns is a really solid fighter, and he he took it to him, man. He really took it to him, and it was, um, it it was really 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 impressive to watch. Was this the fight? You didn't fall asleep on this one. Uh, no, I fell asleep at the end. Uh, like between, like I knew Sterling had won, and I, like they were just going to the cards. No. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, he um so wait wait, wait. uh I just want I want to remember something really quick uh right 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 um Sterling th- this is a good performance by Sterling especially coming off that loss where he got knocked out in the first round um by like a way faster way more dynamic kicker. Um, like, he still was doing a little bit of that with the naked kicks, um, you know, the, the, the not having his distance down and everything. But once he start, like, once he set his feet and actually started to throw, like, punches, not, not, and I was going to compare him a little bit to, like, Corey Anderson, who we'll talk about in a little bit. Because um, Corey Anderson is, was this way, too. He was an outside fighter. Who like the like he, they were both bouncy, I guess is how I put it. Like they like to bounce around at range, take points on like Anderson's with volume, um, Sterling with like kicks. But here he just sat down on like the left hand, over and over and over again, and it worked because if you're fast and you're long, and you know how to throw a left hand straight down the pipe. You are at a significant advantage over everybody you will fight. Um, let me. I'm just trying to pull up the fight because there was one sequence that I really liked from um, Sterling. But like, it, I think that I, I think that helped open up his uh, his wrestling or at least his clinch fighting game a bit because he hurt him in the um, he hurt him to the body right with like a knee up the middle. I think so. Yeah, so uh, like a really solid comeback win for Sterling. Like, 
this is the direction we want his game to be going if he's going to be competitive at um at, in this bantamweight division where all these guys are super fast and super dangerous I said left. I was talking about what because he was switching stances a lot during this fight too. So he would um he would circle so that he was at uh what you call it. So he would circle so that he would be like straight, not straight. What the hell? Um, squared up. Yeah. And uh, he would just step it. He would just step in with like the right leg and then follow the opposite, and it was just completely confounding um Brajans. So that that that's the stuff I like. So Aljamain, you gotta you gotta keep this up, bro. You gotta. <laughs> the next fight, I need to see this again. You know, win, win or lose, I just I need to see this this kind of effort again. But and he's gonna have to keep the, the, the switch dance switching up if he's just gonna be throwing like basic one twos. But uh, I think it works for him. Yeah. Like he need so, he needs something that's gonna close the distance because. Like just throwing leg kicks and then shooting on takedowns is just not going to be cutting it. That's how you get your head kneaded. Yeah. <laughs> kneaded by uh, Marlon Marais. Yeah, end up on another planet when you wake back up. But um, yeah, that that was a really really good performance. Um, so shout outs to Aljamain. Um. Oh boy, this this next fight. This is this was another one of those fights. <laughs> kind of like in similar vein to the Lozon fight uh, that we talked about last podcast. Like I did, I, I didn't need to see this. Uh, Dan Hooker, Jim Miller. Um, I don't really have a lot to say about this fight. Like. You know, um, shouts to Dan Hooker, who's looked amazing yeah. since coming up yeah. to light, uh, lightweight because this is three straight stoppage wins in a row and like two knee stoppages. How do you even make 145? This dude is huge, yeah. No, he looks like a, a welterweight, he's six foot tall, yeah. Like, he moves really well, definitely was getting off the kicks a lot. Um, I mean, Jim, Jim had moments where like he was. You know, he was trying to amount some kind of offense, but it, it, this this whole fight just felt like, all right, at any point, this is gonna be over. And then like, the the one glimmer of hope I had for Miller was there there was a brief moment where he got a takedown, and I was like, oh, maybe he can do something with this. And then that ended up not working out. And pretty much after that moment, I was like, all right, this this is gonna end any second now. But I did not think it was gonna come so fast and be so vicious. Um, but Dan Hooker lifted up that knee, uh, Jim Miller's face was in the way, <laughs> and he, Dan Hooker didn't even need that extra hit that he threw at the end, like, he could have just walked off with the knee, um, but, yeah, he need Jim Miller into another planet, gave him an extra ground and pound shot for, for a, a send-off, and that was it, that, that was it, um, and- yeah, it was like Jim Miller's like what twenty ninth UFC fight. Yeah, he he's Miller has been around the block. Like I don't understand why they proceed to match Miller up with these dudes like Dan Hooker because yeah, Dan Hooker looks impressive, but he doesn't help him in the rankings or help him move up or anything like that. Like if you want to do Jim Miller fights, like 
him and Lozon should be fighting dudes like themselves. Like, like they were doing for a minute. Like they had him fight Thiago Alves coming down to lightweight. They had him fight Joe Lozon. They had him fight Takanori Gomi. They they had him fight Diego Sanchez. Like there is no reason he should be fighting like uh, Dan Hooker. Which I I get their logic because like he's on a three fight losing uh, streak, but like those are all fights he's been competitive in. Like. All right. Like we're talking a year ago, where he kicked the shit out of Dustin Poirier's leg to the point where like Poirier was having trouble standing. So like I I get that they wanted to they they thought maybe like Miller could get a win here, but like at this point in his career, like Jim Miller should just be fighting dudes who've been in the UFC as long as he is. Like yeah. throw him at Gleason Tebow. <laughs> right <laughs> then. Trinaldo. Well, I think he's watching all that. Trinaldo's one of the dudes he's lost to last four fights. Huh. But even though like, Trinaldo's like still in like for some crazy reason in the prime of his career. Like I'm I'm legitimately talking about like if Kenny Florian was still a fighter, like have him fight Kenny Florian. <laughs> like those are the type of fights I want to see Jim Miller in if he refuses to retire. Yeah. yeah. Don't 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 put him against these young bucks, man. It's... Basically. Yeah, it's not it's not cool, man. Can't have this dude get need like that. But um, either either way, great performance from Hooker. Yet yet again, another lightweight on the radar. Um, all right. So this next fight. Um, so th- this is what happened with this fight. Um, I watched like twenty seconds of round one, and then the Jamal Charlo fight started, and I said I don't care to see Ryan Flair and Alex Garcia. No disrespect. Um, and I, I'm pretty, I, I think I made a pretty good decision to switch and watch Jamal Charlo beat the crap out of, uh, what was that guy? Hugo Centeno? Yeah. Um, so I can't say much of how this fight went. <laughs> even though the Charlo fight didn't even last that long, like, their, their first round they didn't do, from what I remember from the Charlo fight, like, the first round wasn't a ton going on, and then the second round he just loaded on them. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, oof. Oh. That, 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 that boy, that, that, that's, that's a man's strength. <laughs> right, right there, man. Yeah. That, that man hits ferociously hard. Yeah, all I got from, um, LaFleur Garcia is that I really want to see Centeno, uh, not Centeno, Charlo fight Glovkin or Canelo or both. Yeah. So, like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm liking that Triple G fight. I, I think that would be fun. Like, LaFleur, Le- coming up on, like, because I saw him all the way back in Ring of uh, Ring of Combat. I was about to say Ring of Honor for some reason. Um, like, he, because uh, he was the champ after, um, what's his name, left. Lyman Good left. So, like, I, I, I knew, like, there was, like, a three-year span where he stopped fighting um, because he had, like, a shoulder or a knee injury or something like that. And when he came back, he was like a completely different fighter, much like the dude we see now, who is like uh, who who, who kind of slow, kind of grindy more than anything else. Like his UFC career hasn't been bad. That's the crazy part. Like he beat Ponzinibbio. He beat like John Howard and Court McGee when that meant something. Like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and two in the UFC. 
But, like, I have no interest in watching him fight. <laughs> it's, and that sounds mean, because, like, I'm always, like, one of these, um... Merit guys, but, like... Just something about his game is so... Bleh, you know? Yeah, it's... it's he's a good He's a good fighter, but... He's not necessarily... Like I, I I see his name on a card and I don't like I don't feel really one way or the other. It's like oh a Ryan LaFleur fight and it's it's like oh Ryan LaFleur fight what else is on yeah <laughs> but and and I I feel like that could have changed had he beat Damian Maya because that that might have been the only fight where he had where I was like oh that's you know I want to see if he can pull this off. And, you know, the UFC seems same. to not like Alex Garcia because he loses to a very specific type of welterweight. Like these 6'1", six, 6'2", six, dudes who are just way too long for his short little T-Rex arms. <laughs> and they keep matching him up with them. Because like, his four losses in the UFC are Ryan LaFleur, Tim Means, Sean Strickland, and Neil Magny. Hey man, they 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 want him to overcome his uh his fear of long limbed people. <laughs> As a result, he's just been trading wins and losses since the Spencer fight. So, like five and four in the UFC. Oh man. Yeah. So, uh, so he's gonna win his next fight, basically. Yeah, they'll give him somebody whose arms is just as short as his. Like Alex Garcia, I feel like. Is one of those dudes who just did himself a disservice by going to um, TriStar. Because like, TriStar's a great gym and everything, but everybody there fights like their GSP. Or Rory McDonald. Like, tall, long, fight behind the jab, um, takedown artist. And I don't think that's Garcia's strength. Like, I think Garcia's strength would have been, like, pocket fighter. But, no. Too late for that now. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, this next fight, pretty interesting. It shenanigans. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> Ricky Simone and Merib Devajvili. Um, I don't know why I put such a heavy accent on that last name. <laughs> but um, I was looking forward to this fight. Simone coming over from LFA, winning their uh their bantamweight title. Uh, I think he took this fight on short notice. Um, Vosh really is like the, if, if, if you could take a video game player and like button mashing transfer to real life, I think this is kind of what it would look like. Yeah. (laughs) Like, dude is just. Span everything. (laughs) Right. Like, the dude is just a ball of energy. Just straight spam attacks, <laughs> like repeatedly over and over. But my God, it was fun to watch. Like the man never got out of of, of Simone's face. Like he he. Uh, all right, I, I almost felt bad because I I didn't get a chance to re. All right, I had a chance to rewatch this fight, but I only slept for four hours, and I woke up at seven o'clock to rewatch these fights. And I had this fight on, and I slept while I was rewatching it. <laughs> so my memory is kind of hazy. Of like finer details up until the end, but um yeah, I just remember Vasvili literally like this man just spammed so many attacks. He he kept such a pace. I don't get how like 
it was amazing that he kept pace for three rounds. Like, he was constantly in uh, Simone's face. And, I mean, props to Simone, man, for surviving. Like, it, it was an onslaught the whole fight. Um, like I said, I, I wish I remembered more of the finer details of this fight. But, uh, uh, of course, the the news of this fight and <laughs> one of the bigger moments of the card was the, the finish that happened but didn't happen but happened. Violet's um, really bicycling. Yeah. <laughs> so, for anybody, if you happen to miss the prelims, go go back and watch this fight, if for nothing, for the finish. So... Uh, I think Vashvili had went for a takedown. Uh, Simone caught him in a guillotine, uh, one arm guillotine, uh, to to note. Um, so at, at this point in the fight, like Simone's clearly down on the scorecard. He ne- he needs a finish to get the fight to to win the fight. So he goes for this guillotine. He puts his mind, heart, body, and soul into this one arm guillotine. And there's a point where, like, you see the guillotine sunk in, and with the camera angle, you see, like, <laughs> Foxville's head locked up underneath Simone's arm. This man's face is a whole different shade of purple. Like, I've never seen <laughs> It was so crazy. Like, he looked like he was a... The, the way the color of his face looked, it looked like he was about to pass over. Yeah, he was about to die. Yeah, like he was, he had to be near death. His face was a completely different color. He is and like, fucking tough as shit. <laughs> and like, so Simone is putting everything into this guillotine. Vashvili is, he's throwing the thumbs up while his face is just. Well, he's unconscious. Right. <laughs> he's throwing a thumbs up, but all other signs point to that. This man is probably near death. His legs are flailing. He throws a thumbs up, but it was weird because there was a brief moment where, like, the ref was trying to see if he was out, and, like, while his legs were flailing, his arms weren't really moving. Like, yeah, I like, think this was after the that thumbs was, up. That was, like, the, that was the weird part because, like, he's not fighting the grip. He's not pushing off. Like, he's just flailing. His he's just flailing his, it was like an angry little kid. It was like you put your little brother in a headlock, but he doesn't know how to get out, so he's just angry. <laughs> like, He's just flailing his legs, but, like, the upper part of his body isn't really moving. But then it kind of moves, but it's really weird to watch. And then the round ends, and it clearly, at least to me, it looked like, like, after he let go of the choke, Vajvili was out for, like, to me, it looked like, like, he just wasn't moving for, like, a couple seconds. And then he, like, he regained consciousness. And he couldn't get up, Yeah, but he couldn't get up. And that, that, to me kind of made me you know all right i guess i can see why they stopped it because i i could see if he would have immediately popped back up but he did not get back up after that choke was sunk in like he stayed down for a little bit he did eventually get back up he even hopped on the cage and you know did all of that i, I guess to kind of sell the fact that he, nothing was wrong he didn't die uh, yeah he, but, he, bro, didn't cross, he didn't cross over for that like but, brief moment in time <laughs> right but it's like, bro, you definitely, your body, you had an out-of-body experience at some point during that chokeout. But he was just um, watching himself from above. <laughs> <laughs> but, but um, so, if, if you if you like, uh, Joey tweeted, uh, Joey posted uh, Ariel Hawani's tweet about it. And Ariel Hawani asked the NJ State FLA Commission's Nick Lembo 
if he could explain the controversial finish to Simone Deshwashvili, and you can't be saved by the bell, even in the final round. At the end of the fight, and yes, after the bell, Marab lost consciousness, so the loss is TKO due to technical submission. Oh, there you have it. There you go. You can't be saved by the bell. Yeah. I mean, when I, when I, okay, I, I saw that, that tweet, and after, because I didn't know the rule to that either. I mean, I don't blame anybody who was mad, because I don't think we've really seen anything, like, bizarre like that before, at least not to that extent. Um, yeah, because even after it was over, I was like, I, I don't get that rule. I don't understand what just happened at all. But, you know, seeing that tweet, it, it does make sense. Like, determine that after the fight, you just, you weren't alive. So, therefore, you catch this out. That was, that was the perfect sell job, though. Good job by DeVos, really. Like, even in the consciousness, you got to play the rules. Yeah. <laughs> we were, <laughs> he had a good, I mean, and I was convinced, too, for a few seconds. Like, well, maybe he wasn't out. Like, he definitely made me question it. This dude, man, he... I legitimately didn't think he was out until Simone got off him and he just did not move. Right. And, like, his head was still up in the position of where he was being choked. Like, <laughs> it didn't fall down to the... It was just, like, just stuck. Yeah, yeah. It was... It, this is one of the most bizarre finishes you'll ever see. Um, I, I feel like they both... <laughs> I mean, I'm happy for Simone. I always root for the LFA guys when they come over. So I'm happy he got his win. But I think Vosh really probably made a ton of new fans uh, after this fight. Um, yeah, it, it was just bizarre. This this was just a very bizarre fight. But shout out to Vosh really spam attack. Shout out to Simone, man. He he put everything he had like that 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 guillotine was the equivalent of like a Goku spirit bomb where he has to borrow energy from everybody to make this work. And, and the sad part was listening to him in his post fight try to get like all the people. Like what did he say? I, I hope everybody in the like everybody chants my name and they're all just booing him. <laughs> yeah, he shouldn't have went for that one. You, you should have known you were you were not in the crowd's favor. Um, but yeah, that that fight was crazy. That that fight was was just wild. If 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 you go back and watch any fight on the prelims, definitely go watch that one. Um, actually, these prelims were all right, minus the little flare fight. Um, these FS1 prelims were pretty fire because this next fight was the most savage finish I've seen in a while. Um, CR, uh, yeah. I've been watching this dude fight for years, and I still can't say his last name. C.R. Bahadurzada. There we go. And Luan Chagas. Um, C.R. was just throwing some bombs, man. This dude hits like a tank. Um, so he, he spent the first round throwing some bombs. Um, I got to give Chagas credit, though. That back take he did, even though he didn't get a submission, but he, he kind of got the round back in his favor because he was eating some shots. And then I can't remember how they ended up on the ground, but um, I think CR went for like a toss or something. I can't remember how it all happened, but I know Chagas kept underhook somehow. He did this crazy back take. Yeah, he sat. He to, he, he swam one arm um, diagonally across CR's body, and then used it to go around his back and stand up so he could swing around and take his back. Yeah, it was it was beautiful. It was a beautiful back take. And he ended up, uh, he took Sears back for a while. He, um, 
God, what's the position called? I'm drawing a blank. Back mount. He had his. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you call it. <laughs> he 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 kept that position for a while, and but uh, so he he rode the round. I think he rode most of the round out with with that position. I want to say. Can't remember. Details are kind of fuzzy on this one too. But second round, um, you know, CR of course throwing more bombs, but th this finish just came out of nowhere. He he throws a front kick. Uh, that catches Chagas, I, I guess, in the liver. Um, it's a kick you see people throw all the time, <laughs> but he he caught Chagas like I, I don't know if I guess the toes well, caught the ball, liver. Uh, not the ball or the foot. Is it the ball or the foot, or is it um the front half of your foot? Not like the sole, like like the part from your toes yeah. down. It might be yeah. more. I don't know. <laughs> so something like that. Uh, he caught but all of that. That caught, yeah, right in the liver, and like he immediately shut down. And to add insult to injury, <laughs> like Ch Chagas was done after the kick. Like he literally folded over, and right before he hits the ground, <laughs> CR just unloads an uppercut on this man <laughs> that he just didn't even need to take. But you know, hey man, Ruff didn't come in to stop it immediately, so you gotta do what you gotta do. But um, that was a savage finish. Um, it's weird. Why do I feel like I we don't see CR that often? Because um, he fought, he's fought once a year for the past three years, and yeah. then like before that he was gone for like three years for no reason. I don't remember if he was hurt or if he got fired. But he's won like three straight. He's right? won three straight. Yeah, that's what because when he said that, I was like, I didn't realize he won three straight because I just feel like I haven't seen him in was, so long. Well, like but, that, um, the first of those three was the Brendan Thatch fight. Oh, yeah, Lord. so it's been a while. Every time I, yeah. That's why I don't look at CS record because it reminds me of Brandon Thatch, and then I feel some kind of way. But like, I, I, I am fully on board by Hadrazada joining me, the little circle of just extremely violent mid-tier welterweights like him versus yanti Madero's, him versus like mike perry like those are those are fun fights those are fox card openers except your fox audience probably is going to have a fit seeing him walk out with the afghanistan flag wrapped around his shoulders <laughs> yeah but hey man maybe, maybe they'll look past it if he's if he's taking souls you know. I mean, the uh, props to the crowd who was like really into it, and shouts to like those like twenty or thirty Afghanistani like fans who were there. Well, they were going they hard. Were, yeah, they were. <laughs> like this was like wa this was like watching Ireland get behind Connor, but with like thirty people. Right. But, <laughs> like my favorite part was Bardas out of saying. Like in his post-fight interview, saying like, "Oh, oh I've got any fans. I'm gonna be in the hotel uh, lobby at like a one thirty in the morning. Come out, with your boy." <laughs> hey man, they they probably had a good time. Um. Uh, also, yeah. shouts to Tim Bizzle. Um. Well, I think is this his article? I think it's his article. Um. Uh, he wrote an article about how uh, he interviewed by Hezada about going back to Afghanistan um, after not being able to go there. That he, he had to run away because he was like afraid for his life. So, so shouts to. Uh, so he, so he, uh, has he has gone back since. Okay, cool. 
Um, but, you know, like, oh, wait, here we go. Long form. Oh, you know what? That was the career. Uh, that was um, Tim Bezel's War and Poetry Sierra Brothers of his Afghan Legacy. So, yeah. This sport is super duper global, even when it doesn't feel like it sometimes, because, like, only 20% of UFC champions haven't been, like, American. But, like, the people from all over who fight. Yeah, so it's always sports. You always get these types of stories where it's always interesting. Yeah, everybody has a side story. That actually, I was thinking of not to sidetrack. We only got two fights left anyway. Cause I was thinking about like, was watching like Glory and just like been watching a little bit of kickboxing lately. I was like, why don't these guys get promoted? more like i feel like there, there definitely have to be some stories dude, remember the dude who uh, knocked out pat barry um what's oh yeah that, that yeah dude. who fucking just survived like being kidnapped by terrorists a volcano yeah. explosion because <laughs> like, i was thinking like how is kickboxing not more like i i don't think it'll ever overtake like mma or maybe even boxing in terms of popularity but like i feel like it could it could be it can become something more than what it is. We now. don't have good American like, kickboxing. That's basically what it comes down to. No, I, we we have no we have no that, infrastructure for it, and the training we have here is subpar compared to the rest of the world. Also, it's not um, centralized. I guess is the word for it. Like boxing, boxing isn't centralized either, but it. All points kind of come to the United States to make money. You feel, you feel me? Like kickboxing is not yeah. like that. You can go fight in Europe. You can go fight in Japan. You can go fight in China and Australia. Yeah, there's, there's no, no hub. hub, really. Like don't give me like the Netherlands. Obviously, fantastic kickboxing tradition, but there's a reason Gory doesn't go there a lot. Like I think it was like the tax rate is super duper high there or something. I was just thinking about that the other day. I hope one day it'll, you know, get a little more popular. I'm pretty sure, like, I feel like the product is there, but there's no, you got to give people something to latch on to, and I, I guess they just haven't, you know, other than, like, a hardcore fight fan, you, you, there's not much to get a, a casual to invest, I guess, in the Yeah, like, if you're into kickboxing, um, like, I, like, I don't, like, and you want to watch an American product, like, I guess there's combat the capital, there's lion fights, but those are like you need a local scene to get hot. Like in the way that like in the in, in its heyday like um, freaking what was it New Mexico got hot for Tapia, and like everything that happened there got like media coverage because you know. The like the scene blew up and everything. You need that for kickboxing, like and the closest thing you have to that right now is like Vegas. And like none of the guys who fight for line fight are actually from Vegas. They're, yeah. they're like nobody who actually trains in Vegas is actually from Vegas. Like a few guys are, but like you, you want you you want Cleveland to get behind like Adrian Broner and Sean Porter. But that doesn't happen. Or, like Terrence Crawford. Terrence Crawford's like fucking huge and I can't remember which state he's from. Nebraska or from Nebraska. Nebraska. Yeah. Like the like dudes are 
got in Nebraska, like, and that and that that helps you get coverage. Yeah. You, you hope to be like a guy from New York or something, but yeah. Or Atlanta. Okay. Well, you, you just need to get. Just you just need to get eyeballs, like. <sighs> like. They need. We, we need one American to come through and just rip stuff apart. Yeah. Uh, it's actually it's actually interesting because I was thinking of like how promoters promote things regionally. Um, and like there was um, what's her name? There's this girl who fought for Tough Enough, who was like one in five, but she has like a, she has like an interviewers of uh, a fighter pro, uh, spotlight in like um, the Orlando the Orlando Sentinel. So like you you need that type of media outreach. Like if you're in Jersey and like I don't know why Ring of Combat I I don't know if Ring of Combat does like press releases, but like they should be having press releases designed for like the North. Uh, nobody who's not from Jersey won't get this, but like NorthJersey.com and the Record and News Twelve New Jersey and um, APP down uh, down south. Like that should be your media marketing. That's where your marketing budget should go. It shouldn't go to like these MMA websites where like, oh, we have a card. Let's put, let's go to Tapology and have, we'll pay them like fifty thousand dollars, so that our banner could be the, on the side of the uh, the website for like a week or something. Uh, we'll see. Who is the best American kickboxer? The best American kickboxer right now. Uh, uh, like a couple of years ago was it Joe Schilling or like Wayne Barrett but now I don't know um, <laughs> Chris Camozzi maybe <laughs> Chris Camozzi like the best American kickboxer right now is in MMA let's, let's, let's be frank <laughs> um, like Raymond Dan like, best American kickboxer right now <laughs> he literally it probably is Raymond Daniels. It, like it, it, I can't imagine it being anybody else. Uh, Tiffany Van Zust. Yeah, you could you could throw her name up there. Well, she lost, so I guess technically Wait, she well, lost to the best. Oh no, we should only pound yeah. for pound best kickboxer on the planet. So yeah, and we are only talking about Americans. So. Yeah, her, her name would yeah, be... Let's look at the liver kick know. rankings and see if there's one American on this whole entire list. D'Angelo Marshall? Does he count? Because he's from, like, um... Oh, no, he's Dutch. For some reason, I thought he was from, like, um... What you call it? That island nation. That, like, the U.S. has, like, sovereignty over. Um... Yeah, I'm not seeing any of Dustin Jacoby. <laughs> uh, Joe Schilling is ranked number eight at middleweight for liver kick. Um, Jason Williams is from Deutschland or the Netherlands, not Germany. Where is Wayne Barrett, man? Yeah, he got KO'd a bunch of times. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Jesus Christ, man. I had so high hope for that guy. So look at these rankings. It might very well be Tiffany Van Sust. All right. I mean, that's not bad though. She, yeah. She's she's really good. Really, yeah, really good. Yeah. So. So. 
but other than her, yeah, I feel like the I feel like the drop off after her is probably. I mean, cool. it's Raymond Daniels, it's Dustin Jacoby, and Joe Schilling. So Raymond Daniels is exciting. So at least that Schilling is probably seen better. Than yeah, Schilling is having trouble speaking nowadays. Yeah, I'm not sure what Kobe. Joe, Joe Schilling's out here chasing down internet uh, racist bullies. He's in a time for kickboxing. Hey man, I forgot all about. All. That. <laughs> I didn't know that was. Oh the my thing. God. Remember <laughs> the kid that Dana White tweeted about who was getting bullied, and it came. It turned out his mom was like a racist. Oh yeah, Joe yeah, Schilling yeah, 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 was under okay, yeah. that. Oh yeah, 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 I do remember that. I do remember that. I do remember that. <laughs> How? Yeah, because he like he reached out to the kid, or he reached out to the he family. Reached out to the mom's uh, Instagram account, and it turns out it wasn't her. Yeah. It was some other. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, shout out to Joe Shelley. <laughs> we got two more fights to go through real quick. Um, Corey Anderson and Patrick Cummins. Um, I'm not gonna lie, like when I saw this fight matchup, I didn't think this fight was gonna be like at all exciting. I didn't think I would care to watch it at all. Um, Wait, which one are we talking? Corey Anderson. Oh, oh, oh. Corey Anderson and uh, Patrick Cummins. Anderson talking with the UFC. Yeah, <laughs> we we got two more to go. Um, yeah, Corey beat the bricks off of Cummins, man. Um, Patrick Cummins' mustache did not hold up. Um, well, I mean, he he won all three rounds, so in that sense, it held up. He didn't get finished, but uh, it did not provide the needed protection that I think he needed. Um, Corey, he literally outperformed him everywhere. Like, he boxed him up. He took him down pretty much at will. I want to say he landed every takedown. He might have... He he at least landed, like, seven takedowns. He, he might have went, like, seven for eight or something like that. Point, point I being, think they, for I three think they rounds... I got ten. Yeah. Ten? Jesus. But, yeah, and, like, he, he was getting them, like, at yeah, will. Yeah, I think a lot of them were re-entries, though. He, he he just completely outclassed Cummins. Like on the feet, on the ground, beat him up everywhere. It, it was actually pretty impressive to watch. Like he he literally he did everything but get the finish. And yeah, he he just he looked really good, and he got he got Cummins out of there. And that's uh. Yeah. That's, um, that's, just one thing about Corey Anderson. He has not been done any favors by the fact that the light heavyweight division sucks ass. So, um, like, he gets OSP, and he gets Jimmy Manoa, and he gets uh, Shogun in, like, his 10th pro fight. So, like, I, I think his... I, I think we can come to the conclusion his chin isn't elite. But I, I also think... Um, it just kind of shows there's like a very big experience gap that he's lacking because he's only been fighting since like 2013. It's like five years. That's nothing. Um, oops. Um, so like he, he, he like I said earlier, like he got away from like the bouncy outside fighters and just being like somebody who can sit down, throw three or four punches, and then get out the way. And as a result, he was able to, you know, mess the crap up of um, Cummings' face. And unlike with Blachowicz and um, 
What was the other dude he beat? Uh, Volante. He's not gonna. Uh, Corey Anderson's not gonna gas. Like that's been one, one thing about him. He's not. He, he can fight for uh, three hard rounds, and you know still keep going. And he's a lot faster than both those guys. So like watching coming swing at air was really something, I guess. <laughs> yeah, he, he made Anderson look like um. Like a legit pro boxer in there. Uh, yeah. It was... and, and then, like, I think that helps with his wrestling, too, because, like, he has a solid base to shoot from. And even if he doesn't get that first um, takedown, he gets deep enough that he can just turn it, turn an angle and run with it from there, which right. he did a couple times. So, yeah. Really good performance from Anderson. Um, Sucks that his next fight's probably going to be like Clover Teixeira, who he he might be able to beat. Because Clover, you know, Clover... uh, He's he's looking a little old. Yeah, and stylistically, the only way Clover wins fights now is taking guys down. If he can't take Anderson down, which I don't think he should be able to because Anderson's so quick on his feet, um, he should be able to take it. Uh, Take a decision, take a... Maybe even knock him out, seeing as everything Clover... Anything that touches Glover's chin seems to like rock him, but I got... we'll, we'll we'll see though. We've we've seen Glover turn these young guys like, away. He doesn't need to fight a top ten dude next. Like maybe Misha Serkinov, like because Misha Serkinov number nine, um, for reasons that I can't. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure he's coming off the two losses himself, right? Because he got knocked out by um, yeah, Glover and Vulcan. He's number nine because light heavyweight is light. Right, right. So, like, if I'm the UFC, I run back the Volante fight. Maybe Jordan Johnson. Like, incubate some of these dudes with, like, number 10 to, like, 20 talent for, like, a year or two. Let them grow. And, like, maybe stand a chance against your Vulcan Uzdemirs and your... Alexander Gustafsons, who are probably going to be fighting for the title by this time next year. How do you like Corey Anderson and uh, uh, like a Devin Clark? Fine, perfect, do it. Don't let don't let Anderson go fight OSP again. Because like I, we can crap on OSP. I, well, I crap on OSP because like his game is all stilted and weird and doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and he, and that's primarily because he trains out of a freaking church basement in Tennessee. Um, but like the dude has thirty three fights and has fought literally everybody to this point. So you know, you know what I mean. Like let let uh, let's give Anderson room to grow. Yeah, we need all the semi-fresh faces at 205 that we can get. Where's Dominic Reyes? Isn't he fighting soon? Yeah, he's fighting soon, I think. Um, I can't remember where. We'll get up. But, need to see him take us take a soul again. Yeah, he's, he's getting, I think he's fighting him. What's his name? The the uh, the dude that uh, Glover beat because he had to take who had to take down a bunch. Okay. Um, I'm gonna have to look it up.
love destroying tennis balls, don't you, Nala? My dog is over here eating the green fell for the tennis ball. <laughs> yeah, he's fighting Jared Cannonier on the Usman Ponzinibbio card. Oh, Lord, that might not happen. Right. Oh, good. All right. <laughs> Please, somebody step in. <laughs> Save that card. I can't. We need the, the 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 division needs Reyes. We we need him. Like the two fights they have on the card uh, on the post are Usman Ponzinibbio and Uzdemir Shogun, and neither one's happening. Oh. Maybe they can maybe <laughs> they can have Uzdemir uh, not Uzdemir they can have Usman fight Shogun. I mean, <laughs> why not? I mean, there's no way Shogun is way way bigger than Usman. Right. Why not? At, at this point, you know, just do whatever. Just, just do whatever. But we need we need Dominic Reyes to win. The, the 205 needs him. Uh, I'm looking at the cancel fights for, like, that card. And, like, um, it says Woken versus Shogun canceled. Uzdemir legally barred from leaving the country. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> going on to this last fight. Tony Martin, uh, Kita Nakamura. Um, this is the only fight past prelim fight. All I remember from this fight, and I feel like every round went almost pretty much the same. Tony Martin, Paul with the left, Paul with the left, Paul with the left. Land a solid right. Land a couple shots. At, at some point, Kita realizes he's getting pretty beat up on the feet. He goes for a takedown. <laughs> Martin goes for Kimura. He doesn't get it. End of the Basically. Round. And I felt I feel like that just repeated for for three rounds. And I was kind of frustrated watching this because I felt like Tony could have finished him. But, like, he was just content to kind of just stay on the outside, land a couple right hands, and defend the takedown. Here yeah. And there. But, now, I'm fine with it because this is... I've said for... Basically, since he made his debut in the UFC, because I was at the... Um, I was actually at his first fight in the UFC. He fought Rashid Magomedov. Um, I was in. I was since I saw him, I'm like that dude should be fighting at welterweight, and this was his first fight at welterweight. So you know, I, I understand you know not going him, um, not going you know hard for three rounds, trying to take it easy, just trying to coast to a decision when you think you have a style advantage. So I'm fine with it. Yeah. I mean, and he looked he looked good too. I don't want to. Oh yeah. Hey, yeah, he, he definitely looked fine. He's six foot tall. He'll be fine. But um, so yeah, that was UFC Fight Night One Twenty Eight. Um, pretty good card from top to bottom. We got some pretty violent finishes. Uh, a slacking of a main event. Um, we got finishes that weren't finishes, but they were finishes. Um. <laughs> A lot, a lot uh, going on. So uh, definitely a fight, uh, definitely a card worth going back and rewatching if you guys missed it. Um, a lot of quality fights, lots of good finishes, good moments. So definitely go back and give it a look if you haven't. Um, but before we get out of here, uh, I guess real quick, we're coming up on two hours. Uh, but you want to go over, or you probably saw more of it than I did. I didn't. The only fight I saw on the Brona card was the Charlo fight. So I missed Javante Davis, which I'm really angry at myself about. And I missed, I, I watched the Broner fight, but I, I didn't really watch it. Like, I had it on, and then eventually I just kind of cut it off because I lost interest. Because I don't really feel any way about Broner, so I just, yeah. Just, just really quick before 
before I, I, we get into that, I'm looking at like the Google Maps for like Knoxville Martial Arts Academy. I think it's in back of a furniture store. <laughs> oh, oh my god, it is. What? Like this is insane. like like hold up. There's this busted up furniture store called Peas Furniture. Spelt with like please but without the L. Oh wait, no, this is the Academy. Okay. So they they didn't get rid of the furniture sign above it. So it's just like it's the kickboxing uh it's a kickboxing class academy. That that was formerly a furniture. That was at one point a furniture store and the main entrance is behind where the like the uh the mats are. And it, it, it looks like the shadiest thing because it's just a sign next to this like this wood door that says Knoxville Mixed, Mar uh, Mixed Arts Academy or Martial Arts Academy. Oh, actually, you know what? Before we get on the boxing, or even did we even talk about the TV deal? No. Let's uh. So. Let's, let's, let's dabble in that real quick. Um, so apparently rivals UFC, uh, rivals ESPN and Fox Sports are teaming up for a bid for the UFC. Um, the two companies propose to split the UFC TV package in a move that would bring as many as 15 events to a new subscription streaming service, ESPN+. Plus. According to the sources with knowledge of the proposal, ESPN signaled that it would be willing to part with 120 to 180 million dollars per year to add Endeavor own mixed martial arts league to its um, collection of live event rights. Fox, which currently pays 120 million per year uh, UFC rights, would be willing to see that the number increase to a little more than 200 million. Fox's current package includes four Saturday night. Uh, fights per year on Fox Broadcasting, a number of fights on blah, blah, blah. A joint bid with ESPN would see Fox's total number of events decline slightly. Representatives for ESPN, Fox Sports, and Endeavor declined to comment. Uh, ESPN, launched, ESPN Plus launched last week at $5 per month with a mix of content including select baseball games, uh, NHL games, and other market MLS games. UFC could mark the first significant deal with Ke uh, for Kevin Mayer, who uh, was recently promoted to run the director to direct to consumer unit at USP, uh, ESPN company uh, parent company Disney. Um, yeah, no. So I'm calling bullshit on this, like straight up bullshit, because there's no okay, there's no way this is happening without. All right, let's just do some basic math. Let's let's just say let's aim for that mid spot between where like ESPN's high and low point is, and say like they they're they're willing to pay 150 million. That's 15 million dollars a pay. That's like 10 million dollars an event. Or am, is my math fucked up? Um, I'll be the wrong person to ask. No, like 15 <laughs> events, 150 million dollars per year. On a, on a oh, streaming yeah. service that is five dollars a month. No, yeah, I don't know how that's gonna work. 
I, I, I hate it. There are small parts of it I kind of like, but then there are other parts that I have too many questions about that I'm not sure these questions are being answered. Because um, from my understanding, at least from some of the articles I've read, they would have you they would lessen the amount of pay-per-views which i think would be a better thing because you could stack the cards more and you maybe have just more regular like fox or whatever cards they would be under however this is going to work so you you have more time to like stack your pay-per-views so you don't have instances where like oh this one fight got canceled now we have to cancel the whole card because the rest of this pay-per-view was whack anyway so like i I guess that idea i kind of like but I, I I don't I have questions about hey. all right so we're gonna put this Sorry. on ESPN's <laughs> my dog is over there eating the wall <laughs> so my question is though like sorry you're gonna have this on ESPN streaming service yes. allegedly so what, what's gonna happen with Fight Pass are we gonna have people are we gonna pay I'm already paying nine ninety nine or whatever for Fight Pass am I now gonna have to pay that plus you know how much ever ESPN streaming service is going to be, so that is kind of weird. Um, I don't like the idea at all of splitting fighters between ESPN and NBC Sports. Um, well, that was a different rumor. I, I, well, I hope that's not true because I, I don't. I don't, this isn't, I don't want a, like a Raw and SmackDown kind of situation. Where like on ESPN I can only watch Fighter A and on the other network I can only watch Fighter B. That that idea is whack to me. I don't I don't want to it. Was garbage. Yeah, like that's that's terrible. Like there we would miss out on so many good matchups just because Fighter A, you know, is on one side and Fighter B is on the other. Unless they I don't know, one or two times a year do like some kind of cross promotion, whatever you wanna call it. But yeah, that that that's no. Like, I don't I don't mind them getting a new TV deal, and I don't even mind at this point like the networks that they're going for. But it's just the setup of it to me is kind of it's it's kind of shaky. And then like I was reading actually, um, what uh, article is this? Um, do do do. Uh, well, SB Nation has an article, and they were asking Cormier about it, and I, I guess even for, like, job security, like, a lot of these guys are worried, because these dudes at Fox who do, like, commentary, you know, nobody knows where any of these people are going to end up. Right. So, it's like, not only are you affecting fighters, you know, that like, these are real people. Like, a lot of these people could potentially just end up out of a job, because I don't, I don't think ESPN is going to bring everybody on, so... Some of these, well, they, you know, commentators. In theory, they could still be on Fox because, like, Fox is still having cards, but they're just having less. Which yeah. I, I honestly think means that Fox would just stop having, um, like, the, the UFC on Fox cards because they never wanted those in the first place. And they're all, like, tanking in the ratings, so. Yeah, so. Yeah, the, I... Like I said, the, the idea is okay, you, you you know, new TV deal, I'm all about it. You get some more exposure, you get on a bigger network. I'm all for that. That's great. But, like, some of these finer details and specifics, I'm just, I'm not so sure how this is going to work out. And I'm not sure that, 
like I, I don't know like are the fighters really gonna get much more out of this like I, I don't know I have more questions than than answers right now and that, that kind of bothers me the last time um the UFC got big like they got when they went to Fox fighters they ended up did they did end up raising like the base pay because I think at that point it was like six and six or eight and eight and then went up to like ten and ten. I mean, it's still not a lot, but whatever. But um, if for ESPN to turn a profit on paying the UFC a hundred like a hundred and twenty million dollars a year, it would need. ESPN Plus would need to add 2 million subscribers because that's $5 a month. So the UFC would have to add, uh, for it to be successful for ESPN Plus, it would have to add 2 million dollars, uh, 2 million subscribers immediately to their net, uh, to their, um, their service and keep it there for like a year. And the thing is, like, I, I would say that that could work, but from what, and I, I, I could be wrong, and anybody can correct me if, if so, um, from what I've seen from, like, ESPN+, Plus, it's not a lot of great... It's garbage. Yeah, like, it's not, it's not a lot going on on the ESPN+, Plus right now. Not a lot that's gonna get you two million people that will consistently stay around. Look, like, that's just what they pay for the UFC. That's what would, they would pay for the UFC, I should say. You feel me? So, like, yeah. The the I, UFC I, doesn't even have a million people paying for fight passes. Like, it's in the six figures, but like, on the lower half of the six figures, like I, I don't think it's over five hundred thousand. I think it's like, I think at its highest point it had like four hundred thousand people with fight pass. I think that was the, what the rumor was. I could be wrong. That that's Joey about it. What yeah, what this feels yeah. like is. And not to mention, like, okay, Fox Sports would lower the amount of cards they have. Uh, ESPN, ESPN would take on 15. Like, the UFC runs 40 shows a year already. Like, if if the, if the only cards that um, Fox uh, Sports gets rid of are the Fox, like, the UFC on Fox cards, that's like, what, 5, 10 cards? So we're up to 50 cards, basically. Not like, and like what, like you said, what happens with the pay per view? Like, are they going to, like, how do they fix, like, what what's the fix for like guys who get pay per view bonus, but they have to fight on ESPN Plus? Yeah, I I don't know how, <laughs> I don't I don't know how this all, the, the ESPN Plus thing that that's the issue all by itself. Like, I just I don't. That even away from MMA, I feel like they're just trying to jump on the streaming trend without having like a ton of content, content to like offer that's worth paying five ninety nine. And they already have a streaming service, like it's a live streaming service, but they already have one. Yeah. So yeah, I I don't know. A, a lot about this seems like it could like go wrong. <laughs> like I I don't know if this is gonna. Be in the best interest of it. Like, are they, are, are Somebody's they gonna, gonna leave. You think they're that. gonna sell their like fight library to ESPN Plus? Because like, would you do it for like? Because if they have right now three hundred thousand people paying for Fight Pass, 
That's like what? $3 million a month? Times 10 times 12 because I can't do basic math. It's like $36 million. Like, then I could see it like maybe being worth it. But are they. But I don't think that was part of the deal. Yeah, and I don't think they're going to sell their whole. And then it's like if you sell the whole. And they're not going to they're not gonna sell it for only $36 million. I'll tell you that. All right. So, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know how this. this I, like I said, the idea of it is cool, I guess. But I I wish they could just be on one network. I don't, I don't get why we have to split between two. But I, I guess they were saying something about like production costs. And it, for, the, for the companies, it works out that you split it between two. But I, I feel like for us, as fans and probably fighters too, you know, we, we might not get the best end of the I day. mean, we're talking about not. fans who couldn't, like, we still get fans who are, like, confused over Fox Sports 1, Fox Sports 2. Right. Like, <laughs> I remember the days when, like, UFC was, like, like I, I said this, like, it was a long time ago, but, like, do you remember, like, when the UFC had Versus? Like, yeah. Like, which is, and, Channel and 2. Field TV, <laughs> and, like, Oh, feel the good days. And and you would go on Sherdog in the UG where all the hardcore, hardcore fans are, and they'd all be losing their shit because it's not on, like, Spike. And they they don't know where to look. And they don't know if they have that channel. Like, this is just moving everything on. Like, I don't, I don't, like, I'm I'm sorry. I'm just not going to be able to follow, like, the ESPN Plus cards. I'm not paying $5 a month. Yeah, that's not happening. And extra, like, not I, I pay that much, and I don't get, like, literally, I, the only reason, but, like, Fight Pass, like, yeah, I like the prelims, but I can watch them later. Like, the, the, really, the only reason I have Fight Pass is for the library, and for, like, the, all the other live stuff they do, like, Invicta, and, like, EBI, and stuff. Yeah. 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 I don't, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to work. But, I think uh, it's a plan. I think this article is a plan from inside the UFC. That that's my take on it. So then I wonder, like, what else would they have up their sleeves? Like, what? What do you? I don't know. It's this is this is so something worth keeping an eye on. This this will play out probably somewhat interesting. Um, Cause I mean, we know at some point, like, a, a TV deal of some sort is going to happen. We just don't know what it's going to be. So. But yeah, we'll, we'll definitely keep an eye on this. We'll keep you guys updated. Definitely something worth keeping an eye on because this could literally change like how we consume this sport for for better or worse. But um, yeah, man. So <laughs> that, that 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 was a thing. Um, I guess real quick, do you want to even mention the Broner fight, or we can just go ahead and, and close? Uh, it? Adrian Broner fought to a draw with Jesse Vargas. In the most Adrian Broner way possible, I mean by like emulating like Floyd Mayweather's last fight, where Floyd Mayweather kind of just barged Conor McGregor down, and that's what Broner did. Like he gave like Broner has long since abandoned the shoulder roll. He he just straight up does not give a fuck about anything. So he just <laughs> ate every jab and every jab cross combination Jesse Vargas threw at him. Uh, Vargas got tired. Broner fought his way back. It went to a draw. Broner proceeded to make an ass of himself in the post-fight, saying, look at his face, look at his face, I won the fucking fight, you're not trying to rob me, blah, blah, blah. Vargas fought back. It kind of seems like they were both just angling for a rematch, and they both kind of knew it. Um, 
because they were kind of smiling after the fight and like like talking to one another. Uh, but the real meat of that fight was uh, the the pre fight the pre fight uh, conference or the presser the press conference on like Thursday, I think it was, where like, uh, do you know who Larry Ellerby is? Uh, I remember he the is name. Floyd's. Uh, he's the president of like. CEO or spokesperson or whatever for Mayweather Promotions, and uh, he's kind of like Floyd's like uh, I was gonna say like Floyd's version of Michael Cohen, but he's the fixer. Like there's a story of like Ellerby going down to like Adrian Broner. Was it Adrian Broner? I can't remember who it was now. He basically ran up on some pro fighters' gym with like a bunch of hoods. And uh, like just like held him at gunpoint and like talked, uh, like talked was just dealt with him. He dealt with him basically. Mm. I can't remember what that story was. He he basically slapped some dude around or whatever. Um, but uh, oh, it's Leonard Ellerby. My bad. I don't know why I thought Larry. Um, but um. Well, um, like Broner basically fucking went on this long ass rant saying, uh, calling Ellerby a bitch, saying that hit he was he was <laughs> against him. Because the whole story of this this uh, this card was like Davis and Broner were like training together or something. Like Broner's a weird dude, man. Like he seems to make and break like break up with friends like like that depending on like I don't know the day of the week. <laughs> like he, he, like he, he, he made fun of Jesse Vargas for who was his opponent, by the way, for um for losing to Bradley and like um Pacquiao, and like said nothing about the fact he got his ass beat by Madonna or Mikey Garcia. <laughs> um, just like complete and total meltdown. Like, in in the most Adrian Broner fashion possible. Like, not like the world's, uh, like, you know, cocky. But, like, it, it was an okay fight. Like, I, I don't know what else really to say about it, except I thought Vargas probably should have edged it out. But, um... Yeah, someone needs to. Oh, someone's been needed to sit down with like Broder and just like you know, get the man a therapist or something. Yeah, he. Uh, my favorite, my, my favorite part though about the fight was after the first round, it was pretty clear Broder wasn't doing what his corner told him to do. So his corner just like conceded and was just like, "Oh, I see what you're trying to do. I see what you're trying to do." <laughs> I love boxing corner, man. <laughs> like, what the fuck are they going to say? Like, are they going to... Boxing corner, men are, are very interesting they're people. They're not going to cut Broner <laughs> off because he's he's the guy. He's, he's the guy who cuts all the checks. He gets the ratings. And... <sighs> <laughs> I see what you're trying to do. <laughs> I see what you're trying to do, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um... I guess before we get out of here, I got to give a shout-out also on the same card. Well, we mentioned it earlier, but 
Uh, Jamal Charlo uh, defeated Hugo Centeno Jr. Second round TKO. Uh, he mauled him in the second round. It's pretty vicious. Uh, and shout out to the hometown guy, uh, Javante Davis. Uh, what's the guy he fought? I'm going to guess this is Jesus, Jesus. Cuellar. Cuellar. Um, I did not see. I saw the highlights of this fight, but I mixed the actual fight. Um, lots of body shots from what I saw. Uh, I think he dropped them in the third. I yeah, say. he dropped them in the second and so, the third, I think, or first and third, I think. Could be wrong. So, so shout out to Davis, uh, home state guy. So, you know, glad he. I'm glad he looked good because I remember I watched his last fight and it was kind of yeah, even though he won, but you know it was. It was one of them performances. Where it was like, yeah, I don't know. When, when Davis has his um his head on straight, like he is one of the best up. I don't yeah, even yeah. call him an uppercomer, but he's one. He he is one of the best young talents in boxing. Yeah, dude is dude is he's he's really really good. And, so and there, there's talk of um Davis, uh, Vasil, Vasily. So I mean, I, I I don't think it's a good fight for Davis, but I want to see it. Yeah, I watch it. Yeah, I got Lomachenko too, though. But um, I'm 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 front and center in front of a TV if that goes down. So shout outs to him. So that was uh pretty much all the fight news we got. Uh, so we will go on to uh parting shots and shout outs. Um, I have no shots. I do have a couple shout outs though. There's some people in the world doing some good things. Uh, I want to recognize. Um, all right, I can't get the page to load, so I'm not off to a good start. Oh, there we go. Um, so I will give a first shout out to Sabina Mazo. Or is it Mazo? I have no idea. I'm just bullshitting. Um, <laughs> shout out to Sabina Mazo, uh, new flyweight champ at LFA. Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch the fight. Um, I saw some highlights. It looked like she just kind of kickboxed her to a pretty one-sided decision. Um, she's probably, uh, she, I don't think she got the call yet. She's probably somebody we're going to see in the UFC, I'd imagine, within, like, the next year or two. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes, but, um, she went out, she got her win. I think that card was on Friday. Um, so, shout-outs to her, uh, for winning her title. And she's only, like, 21 years old, I think. Something like that. Something, something like crazy. She's, yeah, she's, yeah, really she's 21. Yeah. yeah. So, shout-outs to her. Um... Shout out to the one championship card, man. I I caught a little bit of it. So I watched uh, Giorgio Petrosian and um, uh, Joe Nottawit. Uh, Petrosian went out there. He did his thing. Uh, Kevin uh, Bellingnon in the main event uh, beat the crap out of Andrew Leon. He landed a spinning kick that looked like it was from a movie. He sent the man flying like 50 feet. And then he kneed him in the face a couple times. Got him out of there. <laughs> so uh, definitely go, go check out that one card. Um, last shout out, man. Uh, NBA playoffs, man. Shout outs to Anthony Davis. Really, shout outs to the, the Pelicans in general. But um, yeah, the Pelicans gave uh, Portland the broom. Um, Anthony Davis balled out for like forty, like forty-seven. I think Drew Holiday had like forty-one. Um, a lot of people this season were talking about Dame Lillard from Portland, saying how like underrated he is. And I mean, not to say he's not a good player, but uh, the Pelicans got them boys out of here. Uh, Quick broom. Uh, I believe this is the first time Anthony Davis has won a playoff series. Um, dude is definitely. I mean, he's always been a, a talented player, but playoffs, man, that's where a lot of people shine. That's where a lot of people 
they they go from becoming good to great or making themselves a household name. So I'm I'm glad to see Davis can continue his his rise in the NBA. And the NBA in general has just done a really good job of like their young talent has just been doing really awesome. You got dudes like Donovan Mitchell over there in Utah. I think they won yesterday. Um, a lot of just young talent that is being promoted and they're performing. It makes the league exciting. I, I say this about the UFC all, all the time. You guys should take notes. Like, this, the, the next generation of guys are out there. Just put some cameras on them and let them do their thing. They'll they'll handle the rest. But, yeah, shout-outs to, um, to Anthony Davis and the Pelicans, man. Those, those guys balled out yesterday, man. They really, really balled out. <clears throat> and, oh, <laughs> shout-outs to Stokes. <laughs> <laughs> I almost forgot. <laughs> Shout out to Stokes for sending us his professional, uh, his well, I guess that was high school. Um, you know, all right, we we won't put uh, them on blast, um, but you know, Stokes has some, some underground fights going on. You know, in a certain part of the his world. Backyard. Uh, yeah, we fought <laughs> where he fought uh, the high school version of John Fitch. And he got a win, man. You know, the guy went for uh I don't think that guy threw a punch. <laughs> 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 now that I think about it, <laughs> I don't think that guy wanted any smoke with the hands. Like, he was really just trying to go for takedowns. And uh, Stokes got him out of here, man. Like, I think the guy got the takedown. Stokes ended up, like, reversing position and grounded and pounded him out, man. So, shout out to Stokes, man. He's. You know, when we start underground when, this, when we start the Dojo Talk Podcast Fight League. Dojo Amen. Talk Podcast Fighting Championships. There we go. <laughs> Stokes is already the champ. He already holds the belt before the league is even created. Well, Stokes is the first seed in the tournament. Yeah, he's number one seed. So the rest of you guys got your work. Jose Shirley Torres is number two. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I mean, he has the, if the UFC's not going to sign him, he has to fight somewhere. There we go, yeah. We, and we, we will you. welcome him with open arms. We will. Um, I'm not sure how much we can pay you. We'll we'll work that out at a later date. But uh, you know, we'll, we'll throw some, some in for the winner. You know, you get a cool yeah, sticker. Yeah, yeah, I can donate to us on Google Tip Jar. Like, right. <laughs> we're going to make this happen. We're going to make this happen. I'll we're going to make uh, Muscle Beach Fighting Championships happen. Oh man! <laughs> just, just bricked up fighting championships. You you have to be a certain level of uh, you you have to have a certain level of uh, what, what's it called? Vascular fortitude to fight in, in beach muscle fighting championships. Yeah, everybody's not built for this. No, no. Just and Joey, <laughs> who came up with the idea. Our first main event is gonna be Poppy and Betty versus Alex Garcia. <laughs> Shout out to Pappy and Betty. <laughs> but uh yeah, I don't think I have any do I have any shots? Somebody's probably pissed me off this weekend. I just I can't think of them right now. So you guys dodge the bullet, whoever you are. I'm pretty sure there was somebody who got me angry this weekend. But uh yeah, I'll just end with shots. Well I'll, I'll end on a on a positive note. Alright, um What what is this? No, this is this is nothing. Um Shouts to um, Naoko Fujioka, five-division world champion, uh, who got honored in Ring Magazine, which is really rare. So, you know, shouts to her. 
And uh, like you said, shouts to all these young dudes just fucking killing it in the um, in the playoffs because they've been making this fun. Like the last few years have been Steph versus uh, LeBron. Now like uh, freaking Ben Simmons is out here just balling his fucking brains out. Anthony Davis looks like the best player in the league. Like even Drew Holiday, like dropped like forty one points yesterday or something. So, uh, you know, Joe Embiid is yeah with the broken face out here, but it worked. <laughs> and uh, Giannis, uh, not his team might not be doing great, but he is you know balling. He, he's doing what he does. So, shouts to those dudes. Um, it's got, the the league is in good hands, man. And from for what it's worth, I think the league's better than it's ever been. Definitely. Athletically, at least like I, I've seen. I, I saw the '90s, man. Y'all can't convince me Jordan played better competition. <laughs> you just pissed <laughs> off. Yeah, <laughs> you saw that thread, right? With like with the guy went through all the people who Jordan played in the playoffs, and yeah. and they always had like the geeky looking dude guarding him. <laughs> I mean, this dude, like, like, I love Jordan like, as much as you can love a basketball player. But, come on. Like, this dude didn't have a 6'11 Greek freak guarding him. He, he had, like, what was homie's name who was guarding him when he made that shot? That thread was hilarious. <laughs> He's out here getting guarded by like chess players or something. Like there was there was one play where like he literally like he palmed the ball and put it above his head and the guy just tried to swipe to get the ball but he was too short. Exactly. <laughs> like y'all can't oh, tell me man. LeBron would have not been posting like forty and ten in the nineties playing against those dudes. <laughs> oh, shout out to D Rose too, man. Quietly in Minnesota, like putting in work in the playoffs. Yeah, man. He's, and his knees are still working. As long as they work, he's a good player. Yeah, man. And they stop. He's a he, he he's a mortal. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I really feel like I had a shot, and I I, just, I can't. Let me leave people alone. Let me end on a good one. Right. All this negativity out here, man. We started with R. Kelly. And we oh, yeah, he, he got the shot. Yeah, he, he got And the we shot. ended with, like, positive basketball news, which is good. But it says a lot, because I'm a Knicks fan. Mm. And again, I, I, I never <laughs> expect them to be good, even when they are, so. Should throw a shot to everybody putting out albums that I can't keep up I mean, with. that's your fault. You need to make time. <laughs> at some point today if I'll have done my due diligence but before you guys hear this podcast I should have an album review episode up um, so that means if you don't if, if you clicked on this and there's no album review episode up uh, I have not done my due diligence as a podcaster <laughs> I'm sorry remember our Wu-Tang conversation what about you guys yeah. so Oh, fourth man. disciple accuses Riza and his brother 
Devon for not paying for work for over 20 years. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, didn't did you, you got the book? Uh, though, I right? think so, yeah. Unless it comes out like next uh, month, but I don't think that I don't think that's how book releases work. Uh, I'm gonna look for a review of that. <laughs> it, it's just funny because like you expect the woo symbol to be there, and it's not. <laughs> Maybe it's just a U instead of a. No, it just is raw. It, it's like the most generic <laughs> memoir cover. It's him, like his face. And like he's reaching up to the sky, but like he's like he's reaching oh, up at you. Yeah. And it says, "My journey into the Wu Tang Raw Lamont Yugon Hawkins." I'm like, this is like a fake book. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it came oh, out March 6th, so it's out. All right, I wonder if. Uh... Oh Lord, I see the cover. <laughs> he's like, I didn't want to pay anybody to design my book cover, so I did it myself. Ah, he's saving his money for his impending court case that he'll probably have. He'll he'll probably end up suing Wu-Tang, too, at some point. But the producer whose credits include records for the main members of Wu-Tang Clan, as well as affiliate groups like Kill Army, Sons of Man, Kill a Priest, and Gravediggers and others, according to the producer, he has been cheated out of millions in royalties since he signed a lopsided agreement with his brothers back in 1993. (laughs) <laughs> Why did it take so long? Oh like, man! Wu Tang's like, uh, always gonna have fans and shit, but like they haven't been hot in how long? Almost twenty years. Like he just—he's just like my paycheck's coming in the mail. I—I I, I believe. Oh, man. Like, did he just finally hit rock bottom and was just like, I, I gotta... I... I mean, it was probably during their height, so he didn't want to question them while they were like... I feel like Wu-Tang, no matter how, you know, even if they're not in the public's eye, they're just one of those groups that, like... I, I feel like if you go against them, that people automatically go against you just because they love Wu-Tang. So he just... Maybe he just didn't want to be outed. Then but, they got, like, 50,000 yeah. people in it. And yeah, I can only imagine what that looks like. It's yeah, like a Wu Tang so, reunion, and it's just like all the like fucking killer bees and fuck. yeah, like you go against them. That's an uphill battle. Yeah, for everybody. Uh, yeah. So you know, like, is it is it worth it for them checks that you? I mean, if it's millions, probably. I say yes because then then, then yeah. you can just retire and never have to deal with anybody ever again. Like none of them ever leave Staten Island. That's what I love. <laughs> oh like, man! They managed but, uh, to get Redman there, and he's he's just chilling in his. He still lives in that house that he lived in during the MTV. <laughs> <laughs> the best cribs episode of all time. Oh, not to go on a side rant. Did you hear that bringing back Yo MTV rap? Uh, I don't want. I don't want to fucking hear yeah. Takashi sixty nine fucking throw a microphone. See, I don't know what the like the concept is. Like, I don't know if it's gonna be exactly like the. Because none of the, like they, gonna... they can't re- they can't fucking none of them could freestyle. Like none of the dudes they would have on Yo MTV Vaps would freestyle. Like dudes like Drake and J Cole and maybe even Kendrick Lamar would probably never go on it because that's not who they are. Like Drake does one interview a year. 
J. Cole is constantly touring. Like and, and he's like he's become this weird recluse who doesn't let people work on his album because it's his baby. Well, um the the anniversary event is at the Barclays, if you want to go June first. Come in. You can see artists. See Flavor Flav, Dougie Fresh, T Money, Ed Lover, and and Doctor KRS One. I saw Eric B and Rakim once. Like I, I like I, I like Rakim. I, I think he's great. One of my favorite MCs. Him live was sad. He has, he has like no stage presence. Uh, he's like fifty. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm just kind of expect him like fall. Like did you hear um what was it the Seventh Seal? I think I heard part. Like he sounded so old, and that was ten years ago. <laughs> like he, he sounded like he was freaking in the like in the booth just dying. I was so I was oh, so excited re- after he did that Nike song or Reebok or whatever the fuck it was for. That's yeah. Classic. Oh yeah, that song is awesome. Oh, they're trying to reinvent the franchise for a new generation. <laughs> This is gonna be Instagram yeah. post. This is gonna be Instagram post. <laughs> it's gonna be yo MTV raps, but with no rapping. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be like dudes like getting on stage and like having to auto tune their vocals live. Like uh, they're they're gonna have like the, the 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 like Instagram like rapper thing where like they put like they do the videos of them just like fucking making fools of themselves, like. It's basically going to be um, everyday struggle. That's the only way I see this show succeeding. Wait, comedy sketches? Oh no, I didn't see that part. Yeah. All right. That on that on that note, um, we're we're gonna get out of here. <laughs> As always, this podcast can be listened to. On YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. If you're on iTunes, please rate and subscribe and leave a review. You can send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com or you can send a question to me at Twitter. Um, you can follow me at Serial Sensei. You can hit us up on Facebook. Uh, just go to Facebook, type in Dojo Talk Podcast. You can find us there also. And um, yeah, that's it. So thank you guys for listening. Remember, share the episode, share with a fight fan, all that good stuff. Um, but we are signing off for the day. As always, anytime people are being punched in or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it. And hopefully we catch you guys soon. Peace.